Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag 3, whoever he is. Get your clothes, fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is, is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international to perk <laughs> Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? I believe in the sand beneath my toes. The beach gives a feeling and nothing feeling. I believe in the faith that grows. And the bow I go to me. To the latest news on inflation that sent Wall Street into a spin. Prices on many of the items we buy went up more than expected last month, raising fears over what the Fed may have to do next. The Fed's preferred index for inflation rose 5.4% in January from a year ago. That was more than expected. So the Federal Reserve now is likely going to have to take a more aggressive stance as it tries to tackle this stubborn inflation. That was four days ago, five days ago. And so this is part of our broader strategy. Every day, Joe Biden and I talk about and work together with our partners to lower the cost for the people of our nation. Well, I have to disagree with that. For working families, we have reduced heating and electricity bills. So folks have more money in their pocket to buy things like school supplies, replace the dishwasher, or take a family vacation. <laughs> are you trying to be funny? I doubt it. You are fake news. Shut up, bitch! Oh, oh. Very fake news. Let's go, Brandon! That's a big game, man! All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping that woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. The witch hunts have intensified. They now feature actual witches, or at least one. <laughs> the wicked witch leading the uh, Trump grand jury investigation in Georgia has revealed herself. Exactly where does she rank among the greats of the crazy eyes? We'll take a, a look to evaluate. I don't know. You were in charge of looking up her witch cred. Did you find anything interesting? Oh, yeah. She's insane. Oh, just crazy. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's pretty standard, like single woman stuff. Did we get verification of that? I was curious. This, she's uh, I don't know. You old. never know in this dating market who uh, picked up these terrible women. In That's marriage. true. Tough times. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I when I first saw her, I thought she's one of those women. I could believe she's anywhere from 22 to 60. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Anywhere in that window. Yeah, she's and, got a, a face that's going to be bad for aging, I think. <laughs> well, we will uh, we'll evaluate further later in the show. Uh, plus, we'll get to uh, Project Veritas responds with a dramatic video to James O'Keefe cleaning out his office on Monday. Uh, dramatic music to assure you that you can trust them. We haven't even been able to talk about this very much uh, between you and me. Mm hmm. There's been this drama going on between uh, Project Veritas and James O'Keefe. Now 
he's not fired. He hasn't resigned, but he's leaving. And the statement they put out was so weird. Well, suddenly he's a crook who stole a bunch of money from the company. Yeah. As of Monday. So we'll take a look at projects, uh, project Veritas's response video coming up this week. Tucker is, apparently has a hold of the January 6th security footage from Kevin McCarthy set to release some of that as soon as tomorrow, I guess. Uh, it's going to take a while. 44,000 hours. Are they going to show all 44,000? Yes. Just live. It's going to stream it all. <laughs> but, uh, I was curious. That's the, I want the internet to have all 44,000. You know, it's not that I, right. I, there's so much information. I invite curation, but I want all the eyes of 4chan on every second of that footage. I don't, I don't know. I'll try not to bitch and moan too much about what is a, a good development. This is certainly better than where we stood prior, but it's one of those things where it's like, oh, why, why can't yeah. you just let everyone see it? I know. Anyway, uh, we have a hoax hate trio as well, featuring a mysterious case of an N word on an order at Chick-fil-A. It's actually not a mystery how it happened. Uh, and it's not actually the N word, just something close. Were you able to figure out what the word is? No, no clarity on that. Okay, we'll have to we'll 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 recruit some audience help to see what exactly the N word in question is later in the show. And before we get out of here, tonight's movie review is Enemy of the State. So stick around. We'll catch up with your super chats in between topics as well. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listing material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is mattchristiansonmedia.com. We also have show merchandise for sale on the site. Plus, we have offers from friendly listener owned businesses as well. <clears throat> this week's feature business is our friends at Sonoran Defense Technologies. At Sonoran Defense Technologies, we understand that the two-way industry is a unique community with people from all walks of life who come together over the love of firearms and freedom. We also know that control and comfort when it comes to your firearms and gear is absolutely crucial. As such, we produce advanced stippling that provides a great-looking design with the performance to match. You will maintain a positive grip during even the most demanding situations, whether on duty or EDC. Sonoran Defense is renowned for our precision laser stippling on OEM Glock frames and CZ P0709s, which provides both aesthetic profiles and performance enhancements that are far superior to what factory textures provide the shooter. We also pride ourselves on great customer service and response time. We stand by all of our work and simply do not cut corners. It has to be perfect every time. Learn more about our brand and the full range of products and services at SonoranDefense.com. And remember, Sonoran doesn't just make the coolest custom Glocks around. They can custom laser engrave magazines, knives, drinkware, and more. They even laser engraved the artwork on the very PC that's streaming this show right now. Get 10% off everything from our friends at Sonoran Defense using promo code G's. That is J-E-E-Z at checkout at SonoranDefense.com for 10% off. Find everything you need from Sonoran Defense, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses like Hero Soap Company, Western Razor Company, Phoenix Ammunition, and more. That's at mattchristiansonmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners for listeners. A uh, programming announcement. Really, it's an announcement for this show, but also your channel coming up tomorrow. Do you want oh, to unveil to the news? <laughs> I, I figure it's your channel, so it's we, yours to do. But We've talked about it a little bit, but yeah. um, we were so impressed by Razor Fist's Lincoln video, which everybody was telling us to watch, and it took it took us a little while 
but I watched it and it was just so packed with information. And I think it's a really important topic. So we are going to be live streaming on my channel tomorrow, Blonde in the Belly of the Beast at noon Pacific Standard Time. That is 3 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and then it's just going to stay up on my channel. Uh, and I think that we're going to have 15 minutes of it on the show next week. Yeah, we'll we'll do a, a cut up like we did with Peter McCullough. And we'll play you some of the, uh, that back on Sunday. But if you want to see the full, I don't know how long we're going, half hour, hour with Razorfist mm-hmm. tomorrow, it's noon. And when I say we, I mean, I will be joining as well. Yes. Because yeah. I have some questions that I want to ask. I've I've watched his video. I'm not an expert on Lincoln history, but I find his, his general idea is that Lincoln uh, was not truly an abolitionist at all, that he really was a man who aspired to centralize government power. Everything else was a cover for that. Didn't care America's about slavery. first and worst dictator. Right. That was the title <clears throat> of the video. So I, which normally I, I would think was awesome. But in this case, it was it was pretty lame. So. <laughs> I uh, yeah, not a great use of dictatorial powers. Really. <laughs> no, that's that's my number one criticism. No, I've watched yeah. it through and it's a lot of information as you'd expect. And then I've gone through and watched uh, some criticism as well or some challenge. So I want to see what Razorfist has to say about some counterpoints that I've heard some people make. Right. right. Should be a good hour. So check it out and we'll have those on the audio platforms. And then I just did an episode with Gypsy Crusader. So I had Peter McCullough, Gypsy Crusader, and now Razor Fist. (laughs) That's quite the group. It is quite the group. Um, Anyways, check it out tomorrow. It'll be a good time. All right. Hopping into the news. This was a a pleasant surprise. Let me get the story up here. It was. We'll talk about it. Hold on. Can I find the right thing? Have I ever done this stream before? There we go. Uh, whenever stuff like this happens, I always think like, oh, yes, awesome. And then I think, wait, can I trust this guy? And also, why didn't he say this years ago? He did. Maybe. Yeah, maybe I just missed it. So maybe I my uh, instincts are wrong in this case. But actor actor uh, Woody Harrelson is your anti-vax conspiracy theorist of the weekend. He hosted Saturday Night Live last night. And during his opening monologue, he made a joke about rejecting a movie script where drug cartels take control of the country and force you to take their drugs. Uh, He rejected that script because it was just too outlandish, he says. And because SNL is so ridiculously protective of its copyright, I had to distort the video and his voice in this clip. Um, But here is what he said. Thank you, Susan or Neil or whoever's in charge. So the movie goes like this. The biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes. And people can only come out if they take the cartels drugs and keep taking them over and over. I threw the script away. (laughs) I mean, who is going to believe that crazy idea (laughs) being forced to do drugs? I do that voluntarily all day long. It was a very unsure laughter in the audience. I wish I could show more of it. It's like half the people trying to figure out if they're supposed to applaud or laugh. Yeah. They can't really figure it out. And then, it's it's nothing but hit pieces all weekend long. You got the Daily Beast here. Woody Harrelson spews anti-vax conspiracies in rambling SNL monologue. They always Ver- do that, don't they? Variety's headline. Woody Harrelson's Saturday Night Live monologue makes COVID conspiracy jokes. And your favorite here, Forbes. Woody Harrelson spouts COVID vaccine conspiracy in SNL monologue. So I thought, well, okay, what's, what's the conspiracy theory? What's incorrect about what he's saying? And, uh, well, 
you had your read through this Forbes article. It didn't seem like there was much of a counter argument. Just no, indeed. And then in the beginning of it, they uh, do that thing where they um, take exactly what somebody says conversationally and uh, put it in print without punctuation, so it looks like a rambling mess. <laughs> I watched this whole monologue. It was coherent. It was fine. It wasn't particularly funny, but you know whatever uh but this it wasn't like a rambling mess no it know? made sense i i agree yeah. that it wasn't like the most hilarious jokes i've ever heard but when it got to that part i was like wow someone's actually willing to say it that isn't it to weird how it, we right. had a a cabal of pharmaceutical companies uh attempt to force us to take their product in order to live a normal life isn't that kind yeah, of crazy exactly and so it's yeah. like what's the conspiracy theory that he's talking about or what's the incorrect point that he made did government and multiple pharmaceutical companies work together to try to force us to take their product yes yes did they place restrictions on what part of society we could participate in until we consumed their product yes do they continue to attempt to coerce us to this day to consume their product? No, in fairness, yeah. a lot of that has been relaxed, a point I will grant. Um, yeah, they did, uh, at least temporarily. In that Forbes article, it, it said that all of the COVID restrictions were relaxed before the vaccine rollout. Like, are you, are you serious? That Well, that's okay. Uh, th- I, I will I will point you to Biden's attempted OSHA vaccine mandate. I will point I you to the military vaccine mandates. I will point you to it's vaccine mandates untrue. in all kinds of contexts. I know. And and if none of these things actually apply to big pharma and the vaccine, if that's what these articles are saying, oh, that's not applicable at all. Well, wh- why have you guys connected these concepts automatically? Because it should be noted, strictly speaking, Woody Harrelson did not mention big pharma. He did mm-hmm. not mention COVID. You guys just connected this. But on what basis? If these things yep. are not at all alike, why did your mind automatically connect those things? Right. If they have nothing to do with each other. Oh, that's what he meant? I don't know. Um, and then I, I mentioned to you earlier, like, what has Woody Harrelson said in the past? Because I want to know, like, why didn't he say, if he believed this, it's great that he's saying it now, but I would have really appreciated it in 2020, 2021. But he, I guess he has been saying stuff. He had, Woody Harrelson's a strange character, so he's not a Democrat per se he calls himself an anarchist but he was really anti-trump um and he's vegan which for me is always a sign of at least mild mental retardation right and he's in hollywood so maybe a pedo i don't know um but yeah (laughs) in in the beginning of covid (laughs) you can't make i have a business to run here right i'm not gonna make ambiguous or loose defamatory accusations okay fine woody harrelson is probably not a pedophile okay better thank you okay jesus um but he did say uh this whole mask thing is absurd it like really early in the covid game but he also doesn't believe in germ theory and honestly at this point i'm willing to entertain like terrain theory i'm so deep in this like are germs even real sign me up for hollow earth man i'm i'm beyond flat earth it's hollow earth that's where all the secrets are kept in the earth no i'm just joking i do think that train theory is interesting though but um he has a questioning mind and i appreciate that i wish he had been more vocal but you know credit where credit is due uh good for him for doing this yeah all right uh well do you remember antoine dodson oh yeah uh, the the guy who famously said yeah, there was, there was a rapist loose in his hometown of Huntsville, Alabama, specifically in his apartment complex after his, his sister was allegedly raped. And so he advised you to hide your kids and hide your wives and hide your husbands, too, because they raping everybody out here, as he phrased it. 
That was a, a, a great moment in local TV interviewing. There was also the ain't nobody got time for that lady. And that was uh, Kimberly Sweet Brown Wilkins. And she was describing escaping a house fire with bronchitis. That's when she famously said, ain't nobody got time for that. Great moment. Well, now we have potentially a new contender in the rankings of local TV news report legend in Las Vegas. A copper thief stole wiring from an apartment building, leaving the residents without power. This is the second time in the last year that it's happened. And apartment resident Talia Fire, I believe is the name, brands himself under the moniker Hood Barbie, is not happy about it. Safe to say that nobody clickety clacks like Hood Barbie. The crackling that you hear is not necessarily bad audio. It is the uh, unstoppable sound of Hood Barbie's nails. My name is Talia Fire, the one and only, aka Hood Barbie. Power keep going out because homeless people keep coming over here, cutting some whatever they're doing over here to get the copper to make their money. And my thing is, people got kids over here. People got stuff to do. I, I'm on camera looking a mess. I didn't get to do my hair, my makeup, nothing. Y'all charging over a thousand dollars for a studio, and y'all can't even keep homeless people from stealing y'all damn copper. Make it make sense, boo. Yeah, boo. Are those face tattoos? I believe so. Uh, mm. And I thought, well, hey, if that's not Hood Barbie looking his best, uh, what is Hood Barbie's best? So I went over to Hood Barbie's Instagram. That was a mistake. I would not advise it. There are photos I regret oh, seeing. I, I got to see it. I, it's uh, official underscore Hood Barbie, if you have an inquiring oh, mind. Oh, but uh, again, I do have an inquiring mind. I would not advise it. And certainly not at work or school. Uh, this is, this is hood Barbie looking his best. It, it does look like those are tattoos, not makeup. Oh man. It's crazy that we live in a time where face tattoos signify a more insane person than being transgender. Oh, I don't, you think face, tra face tattoos are crazier than transgenderism or what do you mean? Well, I think that both of them mean you have some kind of crazy mental illness, but like the transgenderism theme thing is, is not going to remove you from society in the same way that a face tattoo is Ah, like you can still get a job if you're yeah. transgender you can't get a job if you have a face tattoo but what Correct. if you like hood barbie where you're both i no. think the transgenderism redeems his face tattoos i really do seriously yeah i think he's gonna get some uh some bonus points if he okay. takes advantage of his uh alleged victimized status I'm not finding this official hood Barbie. I got to keep it's uh, official underscore hood Barbie. Yeah, there you go. Well, uh, you may have have seen there was a, a bizarre multiple murder in Orlando this week. <gasps> yeah, see, you found some of it. <laughs> I'm surprised some of it is Instagram allowed. Frankly, it's uh, there's nudity. There's yeah. Anyway, uh, 19-year-old Keith Melvin Moses is accused in two separate shootings in, in the Pine Hills neighborhood of Orlando. Police responded to a call at 11 a.m. on Wednesday and found a 38-year-old woman dead from a gunshot wound. A local news team from Spectrum News 13 showed up to cover the story and Moses returned uh, to the scene. The alleged shooter returned to the scene and shot the reporter doing the story dead, as well as a 9-year-old girl. A news videographer was also wounded in the shooting, as was the 9-year-old's mother. Soon after, police tracked Moses down and arrested him. And despite having murdered three people and nearly two more, Moses screamed out for help, saying the police were killing him and claiming he couldn't breathe just like George Floyd. Again, I had to uh, blur the footage 
to appease the powers at YouTube, but uh, listen to the attempted George Floyd reenactment here. They killing me! They killing me! Roll the fuck they killing me! They killing me! Relax. That way, that way, go. I can't breathe. Everybody down there needs to be I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. We're gonna help you up, okay? I can't breathe. Being arrested primarily by a black guy in that case as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, just like St. Floyd, if you can scream, I can't breathe, you you can, in fact, breathe. You are breathing. Yeah. As far as the motive, the sheriff says Moses was an acquaintance of the first woman he he allegedly shot. Uh, but there are no known connections to the mother, the nine-year-old, or the journalists who were mm. shot. Okay. Another question is, why is Moses a free man at all? He's 19. Get this uh, rap sheet at 19. Already has at least eight felony and 11 misdemeanor arrests Ooh, on his record. Damn. I'm not sure about convictions, but at least arrests and charges, including gun charges, assault and battery charges, burglary and theft. So they apparently Yikes. keep letting him go and he just keeps committing additional felonies. Uh, police, uh, police believe drugs may have been a factor in his reaction there. No. Um, and let's say that he had OD'd. He had completed the Floyd destiny and OD'd. Um, do you think this guy would have been treated as George Floyd too, despite that rap sheet and despite having killed people? Yeah. Possibly. Wouldn't For put sure. it past him. Yeah. Uh, speaking of um, charges not being prosecuted. Uh, the most serious charges against Alec Baldwin and his set armor, Hannah Gutierrez Reed, have been dropped, though this Ooh. sounds like it is 100% the prosecutor's fault. Prosecutor's fault, fault yeah. Recall previously we mentioned that uh, Alec Baldwin's defense team argued that the gun enhancement that could have put Baldwin in prison for five years on conviction didn't apply because the law was enacted after the Russ shooting. I thought prosecutors would have a better explanation than they do. In a tacit admission of their mistake, they dropped those charges, saying their statement says they want to avoid litigious distractions from the defense. Okay, that's they would never do that. That's the defense. The the job of the defense is to challenge the charges that you bring. The only reason prosecutors drop charges is if they can't substantiate them, they can't prove them in this case or in this case, it's inapplicable because the law as far as I understand, was enacted after the shooting happened. And that's a huge mistake for prosecutors. I mean, this is this is entry level mistake type stuff. And I, I, I it's hard for me to believe that they have people with their A game on this case. It makes me very doubtful that there's going to be a, a, a successful outcome for the prosecution in this case. I know it's one mistake, so maybe I'm overstating, but that's a pretty bad mistake to make. I don't know. It's suspiciously bad. Yeah. So without the gun charge anymore, both Baldwin and Gutierrez Reed now face up to 18 months in prison on conviction of involuntary manslaughter charges. On Thursday, Alec Baldwin uh, pleaded not guilty. Hannah Gutierrez Reed has not yet entered a plea, but her lawyer says she will plead not guilty. And without any sign of a deal, this case uh, could be headed toward trial, but I have not seen any formal dates set in that regard there are additional hearings upcoming anytime i if i was a betting man i would bet no but we'll see um making matters much worse at least selfishly the movie rust is still going to be produced and alec baldwin and company have decided to move the production to montana 
This is happening at the Yellowstone Film Ranch in Paradise Valley. That's not terribly far away from where I'm streaming right now. So apparently I'll have to watch out for those stray bullets. Uh, thankfully, right now there is a mountain range separating me from that location. But that's until Alec Baldwin shoots through the whole thing. Then I have to worry about it. I think I'm going to have to see it out of morbid curiosity. I probably going to do pretty well. I probably reason. will. I will hypocritically watch it. I, I, yeah. I know curiosity will, will probably get the best of me. And I'll probably check it out. Like I shouldn't. Uh, same with um, official hood Barbie's Instagram. But I, I just have to look sometimes. You're right. Well, did you see Mayor Pete in Ohio? Or I shouldn't undersell him. Transportation Secretary Pete. Yeah, he sure did fix everything with his gayness. <laughs> well, he did dress up like a, a YMCA or a village people character. YMCA, a singing YMCA. Yeah. Put on his whole construction outfit. Because that's him. He's just a blue collar guy with other blue collar guys. That's how you know, based on the safety glasses and the helmet or the hard hat, rather. Anyway, uh, yes, after uh, weeks of pressure, uh, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg indeed went to East Palestine, Ohio, to speak with residents of the town affected by the toxic train derailment on February 3rd. Uh, and of course, I don't I don't mean to give the impression that like, oh, this guy was going to show up and fix everything that that was never going to happen. And my expectations were low, but I would say it still didn't go particularly well. Pete made a very unfortunate pun while speaking. Both information and misinformation injected into this situation, none of which is to the benefit of the community uh, when it comes to that misinformation. The Norfolk are so I think so I lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah. Pete lost right. his train of thought. The people lost their town to a train. Hey, it's all very confusing. I have more. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's all the more unfortunate considering Pete's experience in running trains or getting trains <laughs> run on him. In fact, <laughs> this train was actually less damaging than the trains he's used to. Maybe that's why he doesn't much care about it. That one was too long. I, I should have prepared better, but whatever. Uh, Gross. Yeah, that actually sucked. I thought I had a better one than that. Anyway, it's okay. It's okay. Buttigieg, <laughs> Buttigieg criticized Trump for making an appearance uh, in, in East Palestine as well. But but deregulating the train uh, industry when he was president without explaining why, of course, during Buttigieg's uh, his own two year tenure in office, Pete has done nothing to fix the problems he now suddenly sees. It was that paternity leave. Too much. Uh, too much of that. Anyway, um, there. Uh, oh, and and that that's not all. Biden's not going either. Um, there was there's been pressure on Biden to visit East Palestine, and he said on the White House lawn on Friday that he's not going to do it. The audio in this clip is is very poor, uh, but what Biden is saying is that he doesn't need to visit East East uh, Palestine. Have I been saying East Palestine or Palestine? It's it's uh, I mean it's Palestine. Just like it. Yeah, it's Palestine. I'll clarify if I've been making that mistake. So Biden says he's not going to East Palestine um, because he's done a bunch of great Zoom calls, which uh, which happens to remind him of a very good Aretha Franklin album. Zoom? Zoom. 
Zoom. All I see every time I think of Zoom is that song in my generation. Who's Zooming who? Oh, man. You catch it. I like how uh, when he can't remember normal stuff that everybody just thinks it's quaint. President of the United States. I did a bunch of videos. What do you call them? Uh, the thing from he said something about back in my day yeah. zooming meant zoom who's zooming who that yeah was i always think who's zooming who that is a 1985 aretha franklin album a classic for the president apparently uh but he was anyway, old in 1985 he was old way before we were born yeah yeah um so anyway the actual premise here is joe biden has done a bunch of zoom calls and so it's fine that he's not going to see the train derailment site in ohio no explanation, though, for why a Zoom call was insufficient and uh, insufficient with Ukraine. And he had to go to Kiev to visit with Zelensky. Right. Yeah, Other than it was time. heroic and brave, even though they told Putin ahead of time they were doing it. The visit was highly secretive. CNN characterizes it secretive to us, but not secretive to the most dangerous man in the world, Vladimir Putin. So anyway, other than that, it was it was highly secretive. But there's a. Uh, there's a particular, um, oh, let me find it. I forgot to highlight it, but there's a particular paragraph. Yeah, here we go. In this CNN article, uh, it remains unclear what parameters Zelensky might be willing to accept in any peace negotiations. And the U.S. has steadfastly refused to define what a settlement may look like beyond stating it will be up to Zelensky to decide. So uh, at the end of January, Biden announced another two and a half billion dollars for Ukraine, bringing the annual total to over one hundred and thirteen billion dollars. For reference, we spent about a trillion dollars uh, on the entire 20 year Afghanistan war, mm-hmm. at least in direct military spending. That's an average of about 50 billion dollars per year. So on an annual basis, average, we're spending more in Ukraine than we did on our own war in Afghanistan with the qualifier that that includes the valuation of, of equipment that we're sending to Ukraine. It's not strictly cash money, but, you know, weapons, uh, vehicles, equipment, that sort of stuff. Anyway, you can't possibly have any questions about that, Biden says. Only the mega people do, not the MAGA. It's the mega people now. They're very big. They're giants. They're mega people. Uh, <laughs> this is in an interview with ABC on Friday. You announced another $2.5 billion in aid to Ukraine today, $113 billion now. We know the vast majority of Americans support Ukraine, but there are now many who are asking, how long can we spend like this? Well, first of all, I'm not sure how many are asking. I know the mega crowd is. The, the right-wing Republicans are, you know, talking about we can't do this. You find ourselves in a situation where the cost of doing, of walking away could be considerably higher than the cost of helping Ukraine maintain its independence. Hmm. That's incredible. They're, they're doing the weapons of mass destruction thing. Um, and I think that he might be right. Like, why aren't there more questioning uh, leftists? They're all okay with this. The, the anti-war crowd is fine with another endless war in a country in which we have very few interests, if at all. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't necessarily dispute the the political premise that it's mostly one side questioning this. And it's actually a fraction of that side. If you consider the political class, like correct, most congressional Republicans are fine with this, actually, not all, mm-hmm. but but a lot, if not most. Um, it's the point that like, oh, you can't possibly have questions unless you're mega MAGA, whatever, like unless you're a, a deplorable person, you can't possibly have any reasonable question about this. 
Other than, well, if we don't do this, the cost will be considerably higher. Have you considered the possibility that the cost could be considerably lower? That seems like it's <laughs> right. at least a thing that might happen if we, I don't know, entertained the idea. Quite literally. But even if you want to make the case that the U.S. has an important interest at stake, and I think that's the position of most congressional Republicans, that, hey, we want to minimize uh, Russia's military capability, and by not fighting Russia directly, we're getting a bargain because we're only spending X dollars to keep Russia's military in check. That's the way well, the we know goes. that's bullshit because they just said that Zelensky is going to set the terms for any yeah. kind of reconciliation. So they're, they're also positing that we don't really have any control over the outcome, although we're funneling billions of dollars, the whole thing's. And, and that's the other side of the argument. It's not just the money. It's money under what conditions we're, we're, right. we're seriously going to con- we're just going to keep writing effectively blank checks to this country for whatever amount they want. No conditions attached, no benchmarks attached, no pathway to peace, peace attached. Just have at it. Continue to raid this country. Raid would be an unfair word because that would imply a lack of consent, lack of consent from the American. Well, for me, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't would, consent. I don't yeah. consent. Um, but the political class certainly does. So raid might be an unfair word to use. But you get what I'm saying, that that we are giving Ukraine an endless entitlement without any sort of qualification or right. uh, benchmark for success. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Reporters brought this question up to Zelensky himself this week. And uh, he said that uh, it's dangerous, actually, to start asking questions about whether the U.S. should keep supporting you, uh, Ukraine. After all, it's either you you pay Ukraine or you're going to get you're going to get World War Three where your sons and daughters are going to be fighting and dying. I'm actually very happy that we have bipartisan support, but uh, we keep hearing those messages from time to time and they're dangerous. Who wants a third world war? Would anyone uh, risk? Would anyone be willing to accept that risk? The U.S. is never going to give up on the NATO member states. If it happens so that Ukraine loses, Russia is going to end Baltic states, NATO member states, and then the U.S. will have to send their sons and daughters exactly the same way as we are sending their sons and daughters to war. That is just incredible. They were able to roll over this Cold War sentiment, like revive it in the Hillary Clinton campaign, and then use that residual sentiment to threaten World War Three to threaten the American public, gaslight them into thinking they're preventing World War Three. This is such a high level psyop. But then yeah. I'm like, only stupid people are falling for this. Uh, uh, well, then there are a lot of stupid people. I suppose that's there a perfectly acceptable are. premise. Yeah, um, there is just like Biden. Hey, there's a scenario in which um, uh, the cost of doing of not doing this is considerably lower in this scenario. There's also a scenario in which Putin doesn't invade NATO territory. Some might call that the likely scenario. I don't. Yeah, you, you yeah. can push back on that. You can tell me I'm wrong. I I'm skeptical to believe that if there's some sort of settlement reached between Russia and Ukraine, that probably involves some sort of territorial surrender or something like that. I'm not even saying advocating that or saying that's right. I'm just saying if you want peace, there's going to have to be some kind of negotiated settlement. 
that if that happens, Putin's next move is to roll into Warsaw or something like Mm -hmm. that. I'm I'm highly skeptical of that. If that happens, I will eat my words and will strategize about how to deal with that. But that's the nature of a defensive pact, which NATO is. Um, And painting Putin as as unpredictable based on what we know of him seems preposterous. I mean, when has he waged some kind of unnecessary war on an international scale? From From what I know about him, he seems a reasonable man. He rides horses shirtless. How could he be anything but? He is very hot, which might have clouded <laughs> my judgment. Um, but he doesn't seem to be an, an unreasonable person. Uh, I Well, I, I'm going to disavow and say I'm not a Putler fan. But that doesn't what? mean Why? that. Well, I think he has some authoritarian tendencies I'm not fond of. However, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> however, that does not mean that I want to uh, continue to pay a foreign country in perpetuity without any conditions attached. I, um, Fine. <laughs> I will. I will also draw the line there. Yeah. And besides, though, don't worry. There's no fraud or corruption happening. There's no evidence that Ukraine <laughs> is misusing U.S. financial aid. This, according to Biden administrator for USAID, uh, Samantha Power in a CNN live town hall on Thursday. This, of course, despite Ukraine having a decades long problem with corruption, this despite Congress not auditing where the money is going, this despite no conditioned uh, or no, no, uh, no conditions or or monitoring of where the money is going and what it's achieving. Uh, And this despite uh, uh, the cost of, as I mentioned, the cost of our indirect involvement here exceeding Mm -hmm. on an annual basis, the cost of our actual direct war in Afghanistan uh, on average. And it's funny how you don't find evidence of things when you don't bother looking. Am I to believe that there was an investigation into the use of the stuff that we're sending to Ukraine? Please point me to the uh, (laughs) documentation where I can read about this. No evidence has ever been found in an audit that never took place. Amazing how that works. Mm. All right. Uh, There was another inflation report. Not that we need additional evidence, but I I find it funny how uh, the numbers keep coming out and they just keep denying. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Friday's report from the Commerce Department, consumer prices rose 0.6% from December to January, which doesn't sound that bad, except this is the worst month since June. And on a year over year basis, uh, prices are up 5.4%. And then last year it was 5.3%. So, I mean, if we continue at this pace, uh, it's going to be Weimar Republic style hyperinflation. Yeah, in other words, we're looking um, at double digits over two years. Fair yes, to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so last week there was a separate inflation measure, the CPI, uh, and that showed that prices went up 0.5 from December, 0.5 percent from December to January, and that was more than the 0.1 percent previous month's rise. And so the CPI year over year is 6.4 percent. So that one's like deep into double digits over two years. So feds are clearly going to hike interest rates again. Well, don't believe any of those numbers. Don't believe your own wallet. Don't believe your own savings account. If you haven't converted that to gold or ammunition or dog shit by now, who knows that might hold its value better. (laughs) Just believe Joe and Kamala as they lie to your face that everything is great. This was a speech on Wednesday. So in fairness, I want to be contextually accurate here. This was not Kamala responding to this report, but these are things that happened in the same week. Kamala giving a speech in Maryland, bragging about how she and Biden work together to lower energy costs for all of us. Every day, Joe Biden and I talk about and work together with our partners, like former leader Hoyer, current leader Hoyer, um, to lower the cost 
for the people of our nation, because you are a leader, for working families. We have reduced heating and electricity bills. So folks have more money in their pocket to buy things like school supplies, replace the dishwasher, or take a family vacation. No. <laughs> take a vacation, lol. What is a vacation? I, uh, I, Admittedly, it's been a little bit of a, a cold winter around here, as I, uh, I hear it has been in your neck of the woods, too. Yeah. So some of my energy bill is explained by colder than average temperatures, I'm sure. Um, I can tell you that I'm paying... For electricity and and gas, tell me, tell me what is it? Twenty five percent higher than than prior years, I would say. Some of that oh, is the yeah. cold. Some of that is just the the cost of the energy. Our Most of it is just the cost of the energy. Four hundred and fifty dollars. Four fifty? I I'm not paying that. <laughs> yeah. But that that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess they have programs I'm not aware of. We have to sign up for the savings program. We must have missed out. This is so crazy. You to to uh to get some of these programs, you have to be so poor. They act like making I don't know, like sixty grand or a hundred grand is a ton of money. Uh, you can barely afford an apartment in North Idaho. Five years ago, ten years ago, that was yeah. a ton of money. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's I mean, it's less and less by the day, but that's great news because we're all about to be poorer. So we'll qualify for all of these great programs sooner rather than later. Um, <sighs> by the way, energy prices have increased twelve percent year on year. But of course, that's uh, that's all Putin's fault, by the way. If it wasn't for him, prices would be way down because Kamala shook her finger at the oil companies. What a bitch. Um, that smug look that she has on her face when she's when she's lying to us. It's just there's something so uniquely unlikable about her. Well, uh, she's going to become a uh, if Joe Biden decides to run again as we enter campaign season, there's going to be even more scrutiny focused on her because that guy is old as hell. Some might say he's not even alive currently. And yeah, right. so the prospect of her becoming president is going to be very realistic. People will be paying uh, much more attention to her, though they should have the last time around. But I think they'll pay more this time. Uh, last note before we hop into the uh, the the crazy witch lady. My favorite story of the week. <laughs> it's it gets funnier and worse. I the, the guy stole from an actual African fashion design lady. Apparently. I know. All Do right. you know who broke this story? I thought it was the lady herself who, who... she did. But Cernovich picked it up. And oh, really? uh, yeah, so, so I guess he he can be credited with breaking the story. But this was Monday. An African fashion designer named Asaya Compson tweeted. My name is Asaya Compson, Tanzanian fashion designer. Based in Houston, I lost my bag in 2018 in D.C. Recently, I heard the news on Fox about Sam Britton luggage issues. Surprisingly, I found his images um, and he was wearing my custom made outfits, which were in my lost bag in 2018. She also attached two photos, one showing her wearing a flowy red gown, um, the other showing Britton in, in what is clearly the same outfit. So Cernovich replied to her and he was like, are, are there other images? And so she posted some images of just her. And then Twitter just <laughs> like descended on this, looked through all of his images and found him wearing two more outfits that were lost in her luggage. Very distinctive, clearly the same. <laughs> oh, thing. yeah. I hadn't seen this other red one. It's pretty yes. hard to deny. Oh, man, we both just got the same item at Kohl's or something. Yes, Ugh. it's exactly the same. They were custom only existed. That one. <laughs> that one. Yeah. Um, and to make matters worse, Vanity Fair did a fashion article on Sam Brinton uh, around this time in one of the stolen dresses being featured prominently in the magazine. And the article is called all the style of Sam Brinton. 
Uh, have they have they circled back on that story? I take it they probably haven't retracted it. Is it still no, up? No, of course not. I didn't visit. I it. I love this though because it's like identity, not identity politics, but this um this really nefarious sense of individualism has allowed a white man to culturally appropriate, but because of this stupid hierarchy where transgenderism is at the top, nobody can criticize him. It's so funny watching the leftist narrative kind of collapse in on, on itself. Yeah, because black female is normally high ranking, but he's figured yeah. out a way to short circuit that yeah. entire thing. And the other thing that's ridiculous about it is I guess I'm supposed to believe. I think that a lot of them would say, OK, obviously there's you steal an actual African woman's clothing. That's not just cultural appropriation. That's theft of her property in pursuit of cultural appropriation. Right. Maybe they'd be willing to grant that. But but the idea that he is some woman or non-binary gender, that's all perfectly acceptable. That's sensible. There's nothing weird about that at all or objectionable in any way. Uh, I love the story so much. So, yeah, mm-hmm. as always, the, the white man wins again. And no one can even talk about they it. They always find a way, don't they? They're just they're crafty <laughs> that way. Except for Trump. His his reign as a white man who always wins is yeah. over. Or yes. soon to be. Forget the Steele dossier. Forget Crossfire Hurricane. Forget Robert Mueller. Forget Alexander Vindman. Forget Eric Charmella. I can say that on YouTube these days. Forget Marie Ivanovich. Forget that crazy lady who said Trump raped raped her like decades ago or whatever her claim was. Forget the January 6th committee. Forget the Mar-a-Lago investigation. They finally figured it out. They're going to get Trump this time. And it's the uh, it's the Georgia grand jury investigation that will finally do him in. They have yet another crazy eyed cat lady to try to take him down. Now, officially, we're supposed to believe Grand juries in Georgia are selected at random. It's not like the prosecutors or uh, there, there's no defense necessarily yet because there aren't any charges yet. But it's not like Trump's lawyers picked these people. It's at random. But when it's at random, as many on Twitter ask, how do they always end up like this? Why do they always have this crazy look in their eye and they they act erratically and bizarre? We talked about this the other day because they're, we're coming up on a time where there are going to be 40 million insane a rudderless cat ladies in this country yeah, and they're going to end up on juries and, you know, working in places where we need services and everything. The country's going to collapse. So, uh, to, to set the context here, uh, in Atlanta, a grand jury has been investigating whether Trump or anyone associated broke the law in the months after the 2020 election, specifically when Trump called Georgia secretary of state, Brad Raffensperger on January 2nd, 2021, saying something to the effect of you only need to find 11,780 votes. That was the difference in the Georgia vote. Well, last week, the judge on the case released portions of the grand jury's final report, but we don't yet have information about who is possibly referred for charges or what those charges um, may be. Uh, Though now, according to this cat lady, there are recommendations for charges incoming, uh, for potentially a few dozen people, possibly including Trump. I, I have to qualify all of this because she has to qualify everything she's saying because she's not allowed to say a lot of things. The report itself does make clear that the grand jury believes perjury charges are warranted for some witnesses, as in lying to the grand jury. So uh, there's a lot of speculation about whether Trump is caught up in this or if it's just going to be people around Trump. And of course, perjury would be sort of a procedural violation in the context of this investigation, not necessarily a crime related to the events of the election or the months after the election. But we don't know how it's going to play out anyway. 
Her name is Emily Kors. I think that's how you say her name anyway. K-O-H-R-S. She's been doing the media tour this week, speaking with CNN, the New York Times, NBC, and more. She's really not saying much at all. She's making a big show so everyone can see that she knows something that we don't, and she can have her 15 minutes of fame. But she's the 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 foreperson, the forewoman of this 16-member grand jury. So somehow these people selected her to lead them. Draw whatever conclusions from that you may. Uh, but she went on CNN and she says that She's not, not, not saying that Trump's not charged and she doesn't care what the outcome is as long as uh, something happens. What can you tell us about how many people you recommended as a group to face indictments? The sections that were removed were consciously chosen to be removed. And I don't want to say I have better judgment than the judge. That's totally understandable. Is it more than... 12 people? Is it more than 20 people? I think if you look at the page numbers of the report, there's about six pages in the middle that got cut out. Allow for spacing. It's not a short list. Would you characterize it as 20-ish people? I can't say I counted. (laughs) Okay. More than a dozen, though, I think I'd heard you say in another interview. I believe so. Did you recommend charges against Donald Trump? I really don't want to share something that the judge made a conscious decision not to share. We heard his name a lot. Uh, We definitely heard a lot about former President Trump. What would your reaction be if the DA decides against bringing any charges after what you've seen? I will be sad if nothing happens. That's about my only request there is, is for something to happen. I don't necessarily know what it is. I'm not the legal expert. I will be frustrated if nothing happens. And if it was just a perjury charge, would that be acceptable to you? That's fine. I will be happy as long as something happens. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. How many cats do you think she has? More or less than more, fewer than a dozen. Um, ooh, I, I'm going to say under on that, uh, but I, I could believe a, a healthy amount. But doesn't that yeah, last part really say it all? It's I don't care what charges are brought, but we worked as on this for eight months. Charges. So like something's got to <laughs> happen. Something's got to happen. I know. The, the correct answer is if the facts support a charge, a charge should yeah, be brought. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, not to yeah. satisfy your need uh, to to justify the seven or eight months you've spent uh, on this uh, on this particular task. So well, this is what everybody wanted when they uh, freed women. <sighs> From the slavery of working in a home underneath a man. Five years now ago, a, a bright-eyed loose. me would have made a counter-argument. These days, I'm just defeated. Well, this is what societal <laughs> collapse looks like. People with um, personal vendettas and that that can't be unbiased or even recognize their own bias in an attempt to be unbiased, making major decisions. Yeah, and I... um. I'll I'll add some notes and I want to qualify some things properly so that that uh, we characterize this correctly and so that people understand in Georgia, this special grand jury that was convened for this uh, investigation, they don't have the power to actually bring the charges. Uh, They they can recommend them, but the decision is still left with the D.A. Now, in Fulton County, the D.A. is a woman named Fannie Willis. Fannie Willis is a Democrat. I don't think that's going to offer much protection for Trump. Cynically, you could say it was always their intent to 
explore, if not pursue charges in this case. They just the grand jury is a way to say it wasn't us. It was crazy cat lady who said that. But she just admitted right there. I don't care if the facts support a charge. I just have to be I have to feel personally vindicated in a charge being brought. But that's sort of the problem with her whole approach here. Mm -hmm. The idea, the concept of the grand jury is to remove the investigation and the decision to bring a charge from the political pressures of having all of this public or in the hands of the prosecutor. She just goes out there and openly says, well, it's very important to me that the DA makes a particular decision to validate me personally. Um, but it, it is the DA's decision. And, and, and uh, I, I mentioned as well, there's the, as far as we know, there's no reason to believe that this lady was selected by anybody. She just was randomly selected by the system they used to, to pick these people in Georgia. I'll emphasize again, though, the 16 member grand jury uh, nominated her. Assigned to the yeah. They decided this was their leader. So who else is? I don't know. Maybe maybe she was just the craziest one there. And all the all the men were as tired as I am. And they're like, fucking fine. I can't. <laughs> I'm done yeah, fighting really. this. You, this is your this. moment. I get it. Have at it. This will be the most important thing that you do in your life. Yeah. That's now, depressing. her publicly speaking here certainly violates norms. Grand juries, you know, juries at a criminal trial, whatever. You're generally not supposed to be doing this. Uh, it, it certainly towed those lines. Even if it doesn't break rules, it's inadvisable from a prosecutor's perspective, not even a pro-Trump perspective necessarily. Um, but as far as what rules applied here, the judge... When this grand jury was uh, dismissed within the last few weeks, he told these grand jurors that they're free to discuss the redacted report publicly. The judge also said that the grand jurors are not permitted to discuss deliberations, as in what they talked about in in constructing this investigation and report. But her looks were so telling. What does it say about that? Yeah, that, that's an interesting way that she towed the line. Did she make quotes that went beyond the grand jury report? Not really. Maybe mm. uh, the one I would say is when she, she said we had a lot of discussions about Trump. Okay. That gets into what the what deliberations were about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But to your point, there's a lot of nonverbal communication trying to tip people off in a certain way that effectively is talking about a lot of those decisions and deliberations. Mm. So asked about whether, uh, her various interviews violated the uh, judge's orders. The judge avoided the question and said simply that jurors take an oath to keep deliberations secret. Um, in theory, if she violated that oath, she could face some sort of contempt of court charge. We all know that's not going to happen. Even if no. she, she could walk out and say, here's everything that happened in the eight months. I'll tell you and all nothing, you want. Nothing, right? nothing would happen to her. But if charges are filed against Trump uh, or the Trump people in this case, it, it's likely the defense would invoke a lot of this stuff to try to get the case dismissed on that basis. Doesn't mean they'll be successful, but it is a, a, a potential point for the defense. Surely she knows this, but her vanity has outweighed the um, the actual potential that this could negatively influence the case. Uh, yeah, I would bet it's just that, that she's a, uh, this is her moment to shine and she's taking advantage of it. She just can't resist. Now, I, I mentioned the the purpose of a, a, a grand jury investigation. Yeah, it's to remove political bias. We're, we're removing the analysis leading to a charge from the influences of public pressure. We're going to allow this grand jury to analyze it uh, themselves in private but she's necessarily invited the public into that charging decision. Now this lady has defeated the entire point of her eight month 
uh, special grand jury investigation. So it's funny how she's pleading with the prosecutor. Please don't throw away my entire eight months work on this. Well, you've kind of just done that yourself, at least yourself. in the spirit of it. Uh, not only that, but she um, she may have uh, severely uh, compromised any of that prosecution that she she says she'd be disappointed not to see any potential jurors. Let's say they decide to bring charges against Trump or anybody else involved in this case. Potential jurors who heard this lady babble on TV, read her interviews in the paper. Potentially, they're ineligible for sitting uh, on the jury at trial. Mm -hmm. uh, you also have the general problem of just normalizing this behavior. If grand jurors or, or jurors on criminal, any sort of juror just starts yapping, our justice system is compromised. Yeah. And um, and all of that damage for what? What what exactly did we learn here? What transparency was offered? She said a whole lot of nothing. She just wants that weird face on TV. So good for her. She got it. Um, other, uh, last point I'll bring up on this. Uh, even if charged. Is any of this disqualifying for Trump? Uh, legally, no. The Constitution establishes the eligibility for presidency. Uh, you can be under prosecution. You can be convicted. You can even run for president from prison. A guy did that once. So the questions for Trump are not legal other than the legal involvement of this case, but it doesn't legally bar him from from running. Uh, it's a political question. Would a prosecution damage Trump's chances? Unless they have something huge, I would I would say no. If anything, I could actually see it helping Trump in a way. It gives him someone to fight. But yeah. the other reason I don't think it's particularly damaging is independents, swing voters. Trump is already a tough sell for them. Mm -hmm. I don't think one I don't think a charge, some low level charge on something procedural or I, I just don't no think any, anyone. I don't think there's anybody out there who's like, well, I liked Trump until I don't know who those people are. They've already thrown everything at, at him that they possibly can. Yeah. But I, I buried the lead. She's also a witch. <laughs> yeah. How is she a witch? Yeah. So this Daily Mail article had her uh, Pinterest page, which has since been deactivated, but it's all pinned posts on like magic and casting spells and herbalism and sacred science. And then there's actually one on a, a spell called the Sears trick which describes how you see into the future by, by sleeping with a crystal under your pillow. So she's a real Marianne Williamson. She's running for president too. Now it sounds like I forgot about her rise That's of the right. witches or the, yeah. I mean, this is just such a, a woman without children, without a man, you know, I don't know. I kind of feel for her a little bit. That actually would be shocking if she came out and said, no, I have a completely stable household husband, three kids, I actually have no idea. I I'm don't. Just, I have not investigated. I'm, I'm I have granting, not investigated either, but I'm very confident. That, I'm granting the premise, doesn't. but uh, <laughs> if people have uncovered the happy family photos, I would like to see them. This is society's answer to the incels, though. There are going uh, they're to be kind of there mirror are images. Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There are millions and millions of, of incels, and then there, there are going to be people like this, like, like weird chicks with no mission in life that make politics their mission and and they're emotional so that, that and, and uh spiritualistic like this witchcraft thing is so fucking weird well as men it is our job to lead and be assertive and that includes leading women in in most if not all contexts so i don't want to dismiss our responsibility that said if someone brought this woman to me and said your job is to tame her i'd say mm, no i'm going to consider incel 
Uh, that, that yeah, totally. Uh, give me I, the Xbox. I hear you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's but a, if we're which gonna, came first, chicken or the egg type thing, you know? That's true. In the yeah. grand tradition of blaming men for women's problems, I will say that if men in the 60s didn't just want this free pussy pass, this never would have happened. Yeah. It wouldn't have happened. They're like, oh, free sex. I guess we can just uh, let women do whatever they Young want. Boomers, this is the consequence. Once, ag- once yeah. again, all your fault. Accept it. It really is. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we're at the top of the hour. Perfect time to get into a chat break and uh, get back to the rest of the news, starting with Project Veritas after that. Story uh, kind of blew over. I, I kind of don't care about any of the stories this week. Well, the Veritas thing, I won't uh, repeat stuff we've already talked about, but the response video, I think, is worthy of a discussion. It was really sure. weird. And then we didn't we're not talking about the Scott Adams thing, but that's oh, yeah. been crazy this week too. Uh, yeah maybe some chatters will bring that up i i've only seen his commentary of like hey uh, a huge percentage of black people say that it's not okay to be white i advise staying away from black people was his commentary. he said stay if you were white stay the fuck away from black people and everybody's yeah. jumping down his throat and uh and he's uh the a lot of mainstream outlets are on the cancellation tour right now and certainly i i'm not disputing the criticism of the commentary you're you're free to do that but what i find fascinating from the the attack in the from the mainstream media is that if one guy is perceived as as racist which is yeah. of course what's he's being accused of that is somehow a much more significant problem than something like a quarter of the people responding to this survey saying it's not okay to be a particular to, race to exist and be white. Yeah, yeah one one problem strikes me as more significant than the other but that doesn't yeah. that doesn't matter this is such a non-story though. Like I, I do like Scott Adams, but he's always arriving at the party like three years late. And like, you're telling white people to stay away from black people in 2023. Okay. Like w- what a revelation, dude. Where were you in 1955? That's for <laughs> real. I know he was alive. That guy's old as hell. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, all right. We got a bunch of Zors. That's right. All right. Do you want to read them or you want me to read them? Uh, I'll read them. Uh, is that the right way? Because they were making fun of me on discord. I know. And he, I know he said the right way. And then I forgot the right way. I always thought it was Zors, but it might be Zors. It might be Zorzy. I don't think it's Zorzy. Cause that's what I said when they were like, that's stupid bitch. There's on, an H in there though. So my inclination was Zors, but it might Zors. be Zors. Anyway. I don't know. All right. Okay. We got a bunch of them. I'm just going to read them. I'm just going to read them all. All right. If by your estimate, less than 20% of the population is capable of understanding basic abstraction, then how can we as a society expect to keep the power in the hands of people? So few people even understand simple cause and effect. So we shouldn't be surprised when they vote themselves more money and more security. The morally arid opportunists, excuse me, oh my, have sunk in their talents into the malleable normie population by means of the media, big tech, and a massive degree of power never before seen in humanity. They have the U.S. gleefully clapping like seals at every aid package sent to Ukraine to defend Biden's money laundering scheme, even as it pushes us towards nuclear war. Matt, you're smart enough to see human nature and its innate craving for monarchical hierarchical structures. Um, You have warring ideas in your mind that are impossible to rectify with one another. I would know. I used to have faith in the Constitution like you did. Man, I love this guy. Hell, your videos were a large part of what shaped my political views years ago. It wasn't until I was willing to shatter my preconceived notions in my life that were fabricated by society that I was able to see just how flawed the U.S. is at its core. You once said you had a professor who didn't teach you what to think, but taught you how to think. And you've exemplified this teaching well. 
Now I challenge you to do the same, but directed at beliefs you've built into the cornerstone of your understanding. Perhaps I'm wrong in my assessment of the current state of the world, and I'm pridefully trying to convince you of a flawed understanding. So as always, as always, I'm interested in hearing your perspective. Love you both and keep up the good work. Man, he's always singing my tune. Well, first of all, thanks for your support for the show. You're very special. Um, I will admit I quasi cheated again because I I saw this chat before live. Um, so I had an essay prepared and it's, and I, I, so I had the opportunity to write down some of my thoughts, but I figure thoughtful chats deserve a thoughtful response. They do. do. So that's probably better than an on the fly response. And so I will match your wall of text with my own wall of text with acknowledgement that I appreciate the wall of text, by the way, I don't say that dismissively, but to the point, if human nature is inherently wicked and power seeking, I think we would agree on the, on that premise. Um, you have to have structures to limit the centralization of power. That's what the constitution is and does. And I don't see a conflict in that view. Actually, I, human nature is flawed. Therefore limit the power of any one human. That's the central idea. I actually see a conflict in the premise presented here. Bad people seek power. Therefore give in to the craving for monarchy. At least, at least if I'm understanding correctly, but why well, sh- I think, well, I'll, I'll, I'll finish with my, 10 more paragraphs. No, it's not that much. Um, but, but why should we surrender to bad people? Or if these are good people taking power, who are they? Where are we finding these benevolent monarchs? How do we select them? Now, I, I do agree that it's difficult to keep power from centralizing. That's the natural traje- uh, trajectory is that power centralizes and then it crumbles. And, and that's not just in this country. I think that's true in pretty much every country throughout history. But I I don't see how the answer is give in to the centralization of power. Natural urge and morality are not the same thing. In fact, they're often opposed. So, for example, I could make a similar argument that it's natural for men to pillage, or at least they have the urge to pillage. But it doesn't mean that we give in to that urge to pillage. It means that we recognize there are moral constraints to which we are bound to be good people and live prosperous lives. You can argue this country has its flaws, and, and I... I acknowledge those. I I recognize that. It's not to say it's perfect. Um, But again, I think that's a betrayal. Our flaws are chiefly a betrayal of the Constitution, not because of the Constitution. And I'll challenge uh, Zors or Zors. I'm sorry for my continued mispronunciation, but you still have to answer the compared to what question. So if not constitutional republic, what? What system is better? I hear the diagnosis here. I don't see the prescription. And last point, I swear. Because I know I've gone on here, but it's very thoughtful. I don't want to, I want to be thoughtful myself. I don't want to be too accusatory here on the last point because sometimes things come off the wrong way in chat, but I do have to reject the premise that I just haven't thought about this enough or that the founding fathers hadn't thought about this uh, enough. I'm certainly open to your perspective, but I, but I do reject the idea that you've thought about it more thoroughly than I have. Cause I could make the same challenge to you. I could say, you haven't thought this through. You should think about this more and better but me simply saying that to you does not mean that that I'm right. You saying that to me does not mean that you're right. The re- I would like to make a counterpoint to that specific La- last thing. I- last thing. The reasoning, okay. the reasoning and the results do. And for all the complaints about this country, it has built the greatest prosperity the world has ever seen. So thank you for supporting the show, by the way. I will be fast in my in my rebuttal. Um I don't think that he is saying that a constitutional republic is is inherently the problem. I think that 
he's saying that, you know, at a risk of putting words in his mouth, that, that the lack of recognition that the population is so stupid um, has led to the founding fathers and perhaps you to overestimate the competence of the general public and the, you know, the, and voters. Well, I would say that your right to self-determination is not dependent on your intelligence. So even if people Whoa, are okay, stupid, their sense of morality, dumb and immoral, you, you still have the right to self-determination. Yeah. Not, not if they, self-determine me into a shittier country though no, correct but that's why yeah. the power has to be decentralized the second that you have these single uh <sighs> levers of power available to these morally corrupt idiots well yeah then uh then they start exercising those levers and they start controlling you i don't know if i if i even believe that though i mean we've talked about this before but um uh, a, monarch, a monarchy in the absence of major bureaucracy is really easy to overthrow. Ah. What, what can we do to our current federal <laughs> well, government right now? Like, okay, let's say it's a king and uh, uh, 150 people that, that that do his bidding. Like, we could kill all those people in a day. Hypothetically, in a great work of uh, fiction. It is hypothetical. But, but, that's, but that's exactly the point, is that when you have those power centers smaller, they when they need to be taken out politically... Um, they can be. It, right. it doesn't matter if there's a king in D.C. doesn't matter if there's President Biden in D.C. How he assumed that power, I think, is much less significant than the. But the there's power no historical precedent for walking back uh, a, a massive power structure like we have now. Well, there is. It's just it's very it's no, very it's, it's it's destruction and rebuilding. Nobody's ever taken a yeah. government like ours yeah. and been able to walk it back. People do not readily give up power. They acquire power and they do everything they can to hold on to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, uh, that's the, the, the problem that we're facing. And I think the only counter that you potentially have is the right to opt out the right to say, see, ya, I don't consent to this anymore. And, uh, that is exactly what we're going to talk about with Razor Fist. The right That's, to I was just going to say secede. that, yeah, the right to secede. Um, um, and, and if anything, again, I, I don't mean to say that everything about the Constitution was perfect. They didn't, they missed nothing. They got everything exactly correct. There are certain things I would uh, tweak, one of which I'd like a little more clarity on what exactly the rules of entering, well, we know what the rules of entering the Union were, but the rules of leaving the Union. Yeah. Was that yeah, allowed? Come on, guys. Was, thanks. That it would have been nice to have that more clearly articulated legally, because obviously we fought a civil war over that, and that is um that is politically relevant today. So an immigration issue should, of course, should have been enshrined. Um, yeah, and and they never addressed, and I think that he's right on this one. This is my last point that they they never addressed and probably didn't think about what the country was going to be like if everybody was from a different country and had a vested interest in the um, well-being of another country. Or was fucking stupid. I don't think that they thought like, oh, people in this country are going to be dumb and they're not going to have a moral core. They're not going to be Christian and they're going to be from other countries. Well, to that point, that is the classic Adams quote. This constitution is built for a moral and religious people. It will be inadequate for anybody else. Paraphrasing. Yes, exactly. Um, we're, we're, we're realizing that. I agree. Uh, and and uh, Zorzi or tell me one more time how to pronounce your name next time. And I swear to God, I'll, remember it. I'll commit it to memory. Zorzi. But um, I'm not actually asking these points rhetorically, too. If you if you have uh, if you feel like I've misrepresented something or you have a better or I've missed your prescription, like what is the political solution? What is the political system we should use? I invite your thoughts on that. I'd like to hear. Yeah, totally. Oh, and last thing. Um, 
if the founders did anticipate that, uh, then okay, we're going to talk about this for too long. We got to move yeah, on. Yeah, we, we probably should move on. But uh, more on this theme coming up with Razor Fist tomorrow. Let's get a few more before we uh, hop in, hop back into the news. Okay. Uh, Robin D. Banks, Matt and I once made love. Dude was hung. Oh, I already hate this. Like the Chick Fil A N word. As he mercilessly slaughtered my innocent sorry fam, I got nothing else to do to follow that with. And frankly, I feel bad because of this. Come on, you guys. Come on. I've never said anything bad in my life. And then I have to read your super chats. Sorry, I was a little bit distracted. That's probably for the best. I was preparing the rumble rants that I forgot to open. Were you looking at uh, the Instagram of Hood Barbie? Yeah, like sorry. That was, I, I was, that was uh, really racy stuff. I was checking out those nips. Yeah. Mm, ew. Really legit nips, yeah. uh, like post-op surgery nips. Uh, uh, Long John John, the clapping seals didn't like Woody Harrelson on SNL. Come on, guys. It was just a movie idea, right? Yeah, well. Thank you, Robin. Um, Thank you, Long Dong. Daniel, <laughs> Daniel Kunkel, I heard the term national divorce a lot lately. I get it. And that I don't know if the country can be unified given the political social divides. I don't want to divorce. I just want my country back. Well, unfortunately, I don't know that you get that with some of these people. I think they want a version of your country that is completely unrecognizable, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's and, true. And then that that's the thing about constitutional conservatives. Like nobody's addressing how we can enforce the constitution without um, taking all of the people out of the country that don't support constitutional values. Hmm. What are you well, going to do with those people? You, you have a voluntary separation. This is team constitution over here. This is team nah over there. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree that that's uh, that's hard to sort that's out. A and I, I I want nothing to do with forcibly moving people to be clear. I don't, I don't want anything to do with that, but you, you to, to live together as a society, you have to, as you daydream about what sort of trains and catapults you'd like to deploy. Mm. Uh, you, you do have to have some base level agreement on fundamental premises. And with a lot of these, um, it's hard for me to identify what fundamental premise I, uh, I agree with a, typical democrat voter and maybe that maybe that's maybe i need to have more conversations with them but i just i'm i don't see a lot of agreement on base level constitutional principles instead i see a lot of attempts to bludgeon me with whatever political weapon they have at their disposal yeah and and they won't leave voluntarily but they're not going to ruin my life or the life of my children so what's left outside of a a forcible solution like i i really don't see what we can do here we'll find out each and every <laughs> we will day. find out that is true. <laughs> we're on a, we're on the path. Don't worry. We'll circle back on. All right. You want to do a few rumbles? Yeah, we'll come back to the uh, your YouTube and Tippy stream chats later. There's just a couple on Rumble. Cribble says smart people know the statistical significance of 25. percent I I'm sure it has some significance, but what exactly you mean? I I guess I'm dumb. 25 percent being stupid or. Is this a racial thing? I'm unaware of. I don't new know. FBI statistics come out. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, I am I am dumb, but I have, I have not been commonly under any delusions otherwise, or at least I'm I'm smart enough to know that I'm too dumb to run your life for you. And no, I wish I, I don't I wish think more you're people delusional. Had that chat, I think you're had that, optimistic. Uh, trait. Chat trait. See, there goes my brain right now. I, it's only seven fifteen. Come on. I know. Well, yeah. So we're an hour fifteen in. Anyway. Spray and pray 85. Hey, Matt and blonde, longtime listener, first time donor. No, uh, no question. Just a reminder that the ATF should be a convenience store, not a government organization. P.S. Love yeah. the shirt, but miss the flannel. Well, I figured I uh, I would get a little festive this evening because not to get ahead of um, not to get ahead of uh, 
well, what I should or shouldn't reveal about my enemy uh, of the state review. But one of my criticisms that doesn't matter at all is that Will Smith's character rejected a Hawaiian shirt when given the choice. What oh, yeah. the hell kind of choice was that? I figured I'd correct the problem. I don't know. Does this count as Hawaiian? It's it's it bright. Does, yeah. it, it's not floral, but it doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. It's a tropical collared button down shirt. That's tropical true. The, colored, the yeah. tones are. Tra- yeah, maybe that's the definition. OK, we'll come back to your chats at the uh, end of the stream. Thank you, guys. And as always, I've probably tried to pack too much. Um, into I'll have to show. just circle back with you. So we might have to hustle through. We, uh, the Project Veritas stuff is a little bit redundant considering our discussion prior and considering what I posted on Wednesday. So maybe I'll just uh, in the interest of revisiting every, in the interest of expediting this a little bit, not revisiting everything that we've said previously and that I said in my video breaking down the uh, fallout of the relationship between James O'Keefe and Project Veritas on Wednesday. If you want my full thoughts on that, I will direct you to the video that I posted on Wednesday. Talk about everything, how we got to this point, the arguments uh, presented by both sides and uh, why I find it hard to buy Project Veritas's story as told. And chiefly, that's just because their story keeps changing. First, it was, oh, James O'Keefe had a dispute with um, our chief financial officer about how to fundraise. And then it was, oh, he improperly fired that guy because they couldn't resolve their differences. And that's a problem because that violates our our um, our bylaws. And then it became. Uh, oh, uh, James O'Keefe uh, was very mean to our employees. He stole a pregnant woman's sandwich and he called a guy right. a pussy. And then finally, they've arrived at James O'Keefe, I guess, stole a bunch of money from the company to fund his faggy musicals. That's part of it. He uh, he they it, apparently twenty thousand dollars improperly given to him to to get everyone to travel to his uh, presentation of Oklahoma, where he was the lead uh, in Virginia. Wow. So but this, in their statement, that was the other problem I had with it. Hundreds of other acts of personal inurement or benefit. Uh, mm-hmm. Hundreds. I know That's that the lot. investigation is ongoing, but please let's hear a little more detail on this. Hundreds of cases of theft. Effectively, you've just uncovered this magically it has nothing to do yeah, yeah. with the Pfizer video at all. <laughs> OK, so all of that, I'll 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 leave aside and you can go check out my thoughts from Wednesday if you want to uh, hear more about it but um the reason i bring it back uh the bring bring the story back is because late in the week project veritas released uh, a video of their own responding to james o'keefe having that recorded uh, conversation with his staff on monday and then saying i'm leaving they released uh well they released this sort of dramatic video uh explaining why they understand why you don't trust them uh, but damn it, they're going to they're going to keep working as hard as they can to earn your trust back. We want James back, but we have a duty to our generous supporters. The board may have their obligations, but we are Project Veritas. We don't blame anyone for assuming the worst or thinking we've been co-opted by some outside force. But this fact still stands. No board or donor ever tells us what to report. And they never will. We will never replace James O'Keefe. But for now, we see it as our job to hold the torch for him while keeping the door wide open for his return. We will produce stories and break news until a day may come when we can't. Due to decisions made outside of our control, it's possible we may never earn back the trust of this audience. But we owe it to all of you to try. Uh, No, you will never earn my trust, ever. How good will the video have to be for you to uh, be convinced? Never because of the way this coup happened and 
who conducted it. I am uh, generally of the same belief that, that hey, hey uh, all the best if you want to try to regain trust without O'Keefe. I don't think you resolve this without O'Keefe. No. They say they want James back. Uh, you can choose if you want to believe that or not. The other interesting note here, though, um, did you watch James O'Keefe's uh, 45-minute video from Monday? Yeah. I went to grab that link today because I wanted to have it in the show sources. It's gone. It's oh, off his Twitter profile. Which Legal thing, you think? You could interpret that a number of ways. Is what James was alleging not correct? Potentially defamatory? I'm not, I'm not making that accusation. I'm just saying there's probably a reason he deleted it. The other way to interpret that is if Project Veritas is saying, no, really, we really, really want James back, as they are in this video, is there some kind of discussion going on where maybe they've found a way to get him back and he uh, is surrendering some of his perceived hostility in that They're like, okay, video. we'll put on a $50 million production of Rent for you. And you get to star in you every star. role. <laughs> Just a bunch of Jameses. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it might be that they're talking about something. I, I do find it odd that, that James deleted that video, though. So interpret that how you will. Uh, Project Veritas, of course, has lost hundreds of thousands of Twitter followers this week and is uh, reportedly emailing their donors to convince them not to leave as well. That's going on uh, this week. But to me, if you're assuming that the conflict persists and they're not negotiating some kind of uh, agreement right now. If you're on the Project Veritas board and you have disagreements with how James runs the company and they're saying, well, it's not just disagreement. We have legal requirements to make sure that he's not personally spending money in this way. I don't know. To the extent that was the last thing you discovered, I have my questions about that because this originated in his personal disputes with the staff. And if it's personal disputes with the staff, you disagree with it, given that James yep. O'Keefe is effectively the company. It's not going to survive without him, rightly or wrongly. I know I know you'll say, well, there's so many other people doing the editing work and doing the production and this and that. That's true. I don't mean to discredit their work. I just mean that without the face of James O'Keefe to it, people don't buy into it as much, certainly if he's dismissed in a way they view as unfair. Yep. So if you're on the board and, and you have these personal beefs with him, the correct answer is for you to leave. Give the yep, company back totally. to James, get different directors in there, resolve it that way. No one's forcing you to serve on the board. I get they think they have these obligations, but you don't you don't have an obligation to serve on the board if you disagree with how the company is being run. I know that they'll say, well, that it's actually the board board oversight of the CEO is their responsibility. Yeah, I get that. But the survival of the company is also your responsibility and it ain't surviving without James. So right. figure it out. And if they that knew means, that though. Yeah, when well, they started all this. Yeah. That's where the tinfoil comes in. Like I, I, they, you can't. There's no way they're dumb enough to. Do they really believe? Oh, we're going to earn your trust back, and everyone's going to donate to Project Veritas, mm -hmm. so it's going to be fine. There's no way they believe that, is there? No, no, of course not. So the destruction must be the design. That's the point that you made right away when I wasn't mm -hmm. seeing this clearly. It's like, why the hell would they do this? Because they want to kamikaze the company. Somebody got some, this, uh, what's the guy's name? Tunsdale or something like that. Trinsale. Well, there's Tierman on the board. Tierman, that's or, the one. I, I think it's something close to that if I'm not getting it correctly. But the original conflict is between, um, there's a guy named Barry Hinkle who was the chief strategic officer and Tom O'Hara 
was the uh, was the chief financial officer. And it's the conflict with the CFO that really sparked this whole thing, according to James in his description of the event. Well, Hingle's probably getting some kind of rimmer from Pfizer, and that's how this happened. Well, they insist in their statement, I think. doesn't Didn't it say, like, we are not bought off by Pfizer in the statement? <laughs> Uh, no, it doesn't name drop Pfizer, but I swear it said something. What did your pediatrician say to you? These vaccines are safe. Uh, well, there was the one who just like, we had a couple questions and her first reaction was they don't cause autism. I didn't didn't even say anything about that. I just had a question. (laughs) There's a little bit of that going on here. Don't you think? Yeah, maybe. Uh, God. Yeah. I don't see it in here. So I don't want to scrub this whole thing, but I thought for sure somewhere they said, just so you guys know, we're not bought off by Pfizer anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's the update on uh, on Veritas for now. No new information about investigation about the investigation or about any kind of potential resolution between Veritas and O'Keefe. But again, I find the deletion of that video a little a little weird. So maybe I'm missing sus. something there. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, news that will be significant in the coming days. Not really much to report on it right now, but just so you're aware, if you're interested in seeing some never before seen January sixth footage, as I am. You might uh, see some. I don't know. Might. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I Tucker has a charisma about him that's undeniable, but like every other week I'm like he's deep state CIA something something is going on here. Um but he's getting exclusive access to this for, between 41 and 44,000 hours of capital surveillance footage from January 6th um through Kevin McCarthy. So it's it's been turned over to the producers of his of his show. And they're digging through all of this. Um, it includes all the multiple angles from the Capitol grounds. And then they're going to air excerpts. My, my thing about this is like, I don't want this. I know it has to be curated to some degree because it's just uh, too much footage, but I still wish they would do it like WikiLeaks. Yeah. I wish it was both. And, you know, it was the same thing with the uh, Twitter files. And, and in that context too, I'll say, yes, we're better off for having the Twitter files. I am not saying, yeah. bad job or something like that. No good job. It's a, it's a, it's an increase in transparency. And certainly when you have a volume of information like this, it is helpful to have somebody else look through it, organize it, give you some general summary that they think is useful. But this was How- so highly politicized and used to destroy average citizens lives yeah. that I think it's owed to the general public in a way the Twitter, Twitter files Maybe weren't, although there's an argument to be made. Well, you had the Hunter Biden story suppression. You've had the, anytime you've had accounts banned at the personal advice of, if not the president, the, the white house, that's true. There's there's all that sort of stuff. But I agree that those people, I'm just saying there was more of an argument made to be made for curation of the Twitter files, perhaps in this, but, and I was, I was happy that they were curating them until, um, who was that, that female, was it, was it Barry Weiss? Well, oh, you're talking about Twitter files journalists. Yeah. There was Taibbi. There was Barry Weiss. There was uh, who else? Somebody did he bungled through? it, and I was like, hey, Berenson, I think, might have had one. I can't remember. Anyway, they, they shouldn't have done that. And then I think that the same thing is probably going to happen here, where we're never going to truly see the whole story. But then there's the um, you, you have to give these people some kind of level of anonymity as well, because people will, if everything is released to the public, then people will see people that were there that they didn't know. And it, perhaps it will further incriminate. I suppose there is that risk. I hadn't thought of that. I in a in a perfect world, obviously, I would say it shouldn't be if you didn't commit any crime. Then uh, you should. But there, we all know how over prosecuted this has been. So it would be naive for me. It could be to, worse to dismiss it, yeah. that risk. I, I actually hadn't thought of that. But 
that is certainly yeah i guess if, if you were someone who was just on uh at the capitol that day and you haven't had the fed knock yet that you could potentially be at risk of the fed knock because right of this. yeah you and know? i worry about that so i don't know i i hope that tucker carlson and his team um are true americans and that they do a good job with this and do the right thing but we'll yep. know in the coming weeks they say that there's going to be some information in the upcoming week but it's just such an astronomical amount of footage that I can't imagine anything is going to come out until at least the end of next week. Well, and speaking of the amount of footage, there's some discrepancy about how much it actually is. Julie Kelly is a sort a, a great reporter on all things January 6th and just all things, uh, you know, fed ops in general. I really yes, like and following she tweeted, her work. Uh, yeah. The DOJ has lied for two years in court filings that capital security captured 14,000 hours. And then the DOJ subsequently claimed only 7,000 hours were relevant to January 6th. So I think that they were thinking that this probably wasn't going to happen. They weren't expecting um, this change in leadership and for this information and the footage to get released to a right-wing news source. And so they uh, we, that means that we probably have, what, 41,000 less 14,000 is however many thousand hours of really important footage. And we don't know yet. And, and that's why she says, if what's reported here is true. Cause when I saw right. this, I thought, did they just mistype 41,000 as 14,000? <laughs> 14, 14, yeah. She does have some additional thoughts about what might be going on here. It's a question of how do you count and what do you count? She says, here's what the mm-hmm. Capitol police did. They gave FBI footage from an eight hour time period, but gave the full 24 hour trove to Congress. That must be what Tucker's team has. So it's, who has been given what information so far? DOJ refusing requests for surveillance video from before 11 a.m. in the January 6th cases. So depending on when you turn the cameras on, that's what's changing some of the quantity here. Um, it, it, it's particularly rich, too, that you have news organizations lining up to write a sternly worded letter to Kevin McCarthy. Hey, man, we want to see that footage, too. Uh yeah. This was a letter to congressional leadership on Friday. Signatories include CBS, CNN, Politico, ABC, and more from one of their lawyers is this quote. Without full public access to the complete historical record, there is concern that an ideologically based narrative of an already polarizing event will take hold in the public consciousness with destabilizing risks to the legitimacy of Congress and Capitol Police and the various federal investigations and prosecutions of January 6th crimes. This is according to one of their lawyers. Oh, man, not that. I can't believe we'd have a partisan presentation without transparency for the public to evaluate for themselves. Who could imagine such a world? Welcome to the club. Projection. And so... Even though I want everyone to see it for its own sake, as I've just said, can we get away so everyone can see it except for CBS, CNN, Politico, Axios? Can they? <laughs> How do we do this? Everyone gets a password except for them. I want them. They're blocked. They don't get yeah. to see it for this. Uh, uh, what What have you guys been doing for the last? I know for the last yeah two plus years, uh, just sitting on your hands like, and not caring. Suddenly, transparency. You're you're very vigilant about that. Uh, McCarthy's office has not. Uh, responded so just hilarious overall and of course it hasn't happened yet so i don't want to uh deliver too much praise but as i said when this new when mccarthy said he would do this because i've been plenty critical of mccarthy and i still will be but he said he would do this i said if you do you'll get my praise if this rolls out in the way they're describing i offer my praise i don't i don't want to uh i don't want to dismiss when people do the right thing and i hope this is the right thing i just i want to see everything but 
we'll see how much we get to see. Okay. Uh, and, and, you know, for as much as I, for as much as a dispute as I have with, with Kevin McCarthy and congressional leadership and in general doubt the differences between that leadership and the leadership of Nancy Pelosi, I'm not saying they're identical, but I think a lot of meaningful, I think a lot of the differences might not be as meaningful as we hope they would be. This is one case potentially where the difference is significant. And I hope that it is as significant as possible. Yeah. All right. To the mystery of the evening. This is a very special hoax hate. So before I get into it, I, of course, can't forget the necessary bit intro. Oh, yeah. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. In Charlotte, North Carolina, a 19-year-old black woman got lunch at a Chick-fil-A drive-thru and was shocked to see the name on the receipt of her order. According to this reporting, it was a word, quote, similar to a racial slur. Not a racial slur, a word similar to a racial slur. Now, every image I have seen of this order and the, uh, the name on the receipt attached to it the name is blurred out. I can't determine what it is. You said you've done your due diligence. You have not been able to find out what it is. It clearly starts with an N. So how did you know what it, you know what word it must be close to, right? How does this happen? You might wonder how does something close to the N word end up on a customer receipt stuck to the order? Well, here is the young girl and her mother to explain now, pay close attention to the young woman's name. This is the Chick-fil-A drive through line that that 19-year-old was in last week. She says when she pulled up to get her order at one of these windows, she was shocked to see what was on her receipt. I was really, really... That's the mom. Upset and sad. April Jackson is appalled, to say the least, because of this. Instead of her daughter's name on her Chick-fil-A receipt, a word similar to a racial slur was printed out. She told him her name was Niasia, and she put on her ticket. Niasia Jackson says last Monday she pulled through the drive-thru to get her food at the Chick-fil-A off Mount Holly Huntersville Road and the Brookshire when the person who handed it to her warned her. I was just, I couldn't eat the food. I was just in shock. The restaurant has investigated and that, quote, the operator has started additional training at his restaurant to ensure this doesn't happen again. But for this family, that training isn't enough. You shouldn't have to be trained not to call someone a I'm just being as honest as I can be. I want the employee to be fired. Chick-fil-A tells us the owner of that location has tried talking with the mom several times. She told us, again, she plans to pursue legal action, so she doesn't want to what? speak with the restaurant right now. Okay, so they must have put, like, Nikisha or something. <laughs> Careful. You're going to get us in trouble. We're going to be subject to a lawsuit. Nikisha? I don't... That's right. Her name is Nyasia... Jackson. Uh, that's how they pronounce it. Naija. Her name is so complicated. They can't even spell it the same way in this story. In one instance, it's N Y I A S H I A. In the next instance, in the same story, they don't, there's no Y in it. So it's so complicated. Even the writers of this story can't get it right. You Given, know what they did? I bet they inverted the G and the A. 
when they were writing it down and they wrote Nigeria. <laughs> well, that's yeah. the thing. There's no there's there's no G, but it's pronounced Niasia. So if I'm, you know, high school kid working the Chick-fil-A drive through and uh, yeah. excuse me, ma'am, what's your name? It's Niasia. I'm thinking N I A G. I don't know. No, maybe it's J. Maybe you should have gone with the J. But in reality, it's S H. And I see how it it becomes some iteration close to N I G A, N I A G A, Niasia. Okay, that's that's clearly how that this happened, one hundred percent guaranteed. And that's another reason I think the reason they're not showing you what the word is, is not because it's close to the N word. The reason they're not showing you is because it's a plausible spelling of Niasia. And then you'd be like, Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. So if you're so sensitive, mom, you shouldn't need training not to call someone a bleep. Don't name your daughter. Something so close to a bleep. Niasia. Exactly. Niasia. Come on. And her name is April. It's like, come on, black people. Stop naming your kids. Something so stupid. Your name is April. What's Oh, I th- you're saying April's a stupid name? No, April's oh. a beautiful classic name. Like your God. name is April. You could have had multi-generations of black people with normal names, April. Name your daughter June if you want to. Well, her get full name is April it. Niqua. April is short for <laughs> So it's anyway. Uh, <laughs> Niasia. I've never heard Niasia before. Okay. Um now as far as this lawsuit, I heard you kind of scoff at that, but I I I share the same skepticism. Um, what grounds for a lawsuit what? are there? Maybe if you refused someone, you refused service to her on account of her race, I'm sure there's some legal implication there. But they served her just fine. It's just they didn't like the the words that were written on the receipt. But she, she got exactly food. She got exactly what she ordered. She said in the story, I was too traumatized to eat See? the food, which that must have been a lot of trauma by the look of it. Like know, to refuse yeah. Chick-fil-A. And as we've yeah. discussed with prior discussions of fried chicken, I have a difficult time refusing Chick-fil-A. It's goddamn delicious. Do you know how yeah. how insulted I would have to be for me to be not for me to refuse Chick-fil-A right in front of me? I know. I know. I, I'm planning You're about and there's there are two Chick-fil-A's in Montana, a new one two hours away from here. And I'm planning a trip at some point to go. I hear you. It is really good. I, everybody loves Chick-fil-A. I'm just going to roll in there and hard R my name. Excuse me, sir. What's your name? <laughs> it's <laughs> Matt N. Christensen. <laughs> yes. Matt. I'm going to go get the Anderson. hard R Chick-fil-A receipt. <laughs> and then I'm going to join Niasia in a class action and say, we're going to <laughs> we're going to rule Chick-fil-A together. <laughs> join the team, Niasia. Uh, God, man. Okay. Any, do you have any other thoughts on the mystery of the Chick-fil-A? No N-word? mystery here. That's pretty much it. I can't imagine any other explanation. The only mystery is what was the word? I need to know the spelling. If any of you see it, do you see a screenshot? I have to know what the sequence of letters was. I see our next hoax hate is about a real hate because somebody faked something they shouldn't have. It's definitely, well, I shouldn't say definitely. I could believe the beating is hateful or the, the beating is fake rather, but I'm pretty sure the beating is real and your diagnosis is right. Uh, but this is down under, this is Melbourne, two transgender women, as in uh, dudes pretending to be women were assaulted and robbed at a party. Their names are Quinn and China with a Y. And they say they were just attending a fundraiser for a Turkey, Syria earthquake relief charity. 
And that's why they were out early last Sunday morning. The pair was approached by three men who asked for cigarettes at about 3 a.m. on the street. And Quinn told these men, sorry, we do not have any cigarettes. And that enraged these thugs. And so they started hurling anti-trans slurs at Quinn in China after realizing they are transgender. They started uh, punching and kicking Quinn in China before pulling a knife and threatening to kill them. The men stole one of their wallets with uh, ID and cash and then fled the scene. Both Quinn and China were left battered and bruised. Here is China explaining how uh, he and Quinn are tough enough and are tough and resilient uh, despite this beating. When Oscar's full, <laughs> we get straight the <laughs> back up and we cover those bruises and we serve in face because we will not be silenced because we're loud as I don't want any of y'all out here feeling like defeated and like hopeless and like like I know it's hard not to but like like I'm okay we're fine and like I know these are risks that we have and like I'm still a little bit like botched but like I took my time and I healed and like we just got to be careful and we have these spaces too okay no what happened here is they were on their way home from turning some tricks and they thought they would turn some more tricks and then a, a fraudulent blowy led to this yeah. beating. Well, I was going to, I was going to ask you about exactly that. Uh, real quick. Uh, they've raised over $25,000 Australian oh, on, on GoFundMe for this. But yes, as we talk about frequently in it, when this context comes up with um, human rights campaign and others who want to make this claim of a transgender genocide, that you you dig into the um to the claim and it's and and you look at these cases of transgender murders or other episodes of, of violence uh is it usually just a stranger walking up to a person going hey you're transgender well fuck you and and kicking yeah. their ass or killing them i'm not saying never but rarely more oh, commonly it uh the technical term as you identified is fraudulent blowy in other 90%. words, ninety percent. Didn't we like break this down at some point? They're almost all related to prostitution. They they usually have a sexual angle, uh, some sort of hookup gone wrong. Like was the case for that football player in Virginia who yeah. uh, got a fraudulent blowy and went over to the to the guy's house and beat his ass to death. And then somehow the jury was like, mm, self defense. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> he was acquitted. He's playing football at Virginia now, as far as I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I and that guy in the Philippines who Duterte left out, let out, uh, who actually got a BJ from the tranny and then the tranny whipped out his dick and then he drowned the tranny in the toilet. It happens all the time. This is the reality of the alleged transgender uh, uh, transgender genocide, which is a fraud in and of itself, because statistically right. they have a lower rate of being murdered than the population in general. But if you even if you accept the murders, um, the, it, it's fraudulent blowies. Now, why do I say that? In the general context, we're talking about the specific because you you head on over to that GoFundMe and uh, what paragraph three or four down here. Specific to the consequences regarding Quinn. Quinn is a sex worker. Oh, mm. <laughs> right. But it was just hanging out at the charity event at 3 a.m. Uh, and these gentlemen who wanted a cigarette so badly came up to you. That's how it all happened. Uh, I'm not saying it's implausible to approach someone for a cigarette outside of a what is probably some sort of bar establishment at three in the morning. I am saying that no one is so enraged by the lack of a cigarette or the presence of someone who's transgender that they just start beating their ass. It, it's because pursuant to Quinn's career, there was some sort of uh, 
sexual deal made or some sort of sexual behavior engaged in then and then the realization hit that that's that's a dude with a with a dick and yeah. uh, prices were paid you know and I, I don't generally don't think people should murder other people but like in this case what I are you talking about? understand i understand okay you are generally an, an opponent of murder that is your claim you are fake news I, loosely yes yeah <laughs> i don't think people should go around indiscriminately murdering other people ah. but like there are crimes of passion like you've been a good wife for 30 years and you find out that your husband is banging the 17 year old babysitter and then you drive over him with your car like should you do that no but if i'm in a jury i'm gonna be like she's it's not, not a threat to society. <laughs> yeah totally i understand is all i'm saying yeah all right. get it Fair, fairly argued don't blow someone on you know let somebody blow you under false pretenses. fraudulent blowies are a problem can we all be it honest is a about problem. this I'm can not... you imagine how you would feel yeah. if you got your ds and then by what you thought was a hot chick and then she slaps out her giant black <laughs> dong on the table can you imagine how that would make you we... feel like you as a man you immediately would be like i have to harbor this secret the greatest secret of my entire life <laughs> no one can ever know about this ever and you have to take that to the grave if you murder somebody because of that i i understand man we, I we've discussed this before now i'm not saying it's a death penalty crime i'm generally an opponent of the death penalty however i i do grant the premise that it, it is some sort of uh aggression by deception you know you've committed yeah, a yeah. physical touching of a person under false pretenses it's rapey yeah. on principle there is yeah there's a rapey element to that Yep. And that has to be brought to justice. And if we don't have a court system that will, well, you're going to have street beatings. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. That's what's going to happen. If you're a man and you're worried about this, the real way to be safe is just not to bang any Asians because they're the most <laughs> believable tranny. It's the highest risk demographic. It is. Yeah. Uh, you know, just do a just do a quick show me yours and I'll show you mine. Okay. Just be smart. <laughs> or maybe don't get Check out the jawline, the finger length. It's, ideally you know. don't accept blowies from randos at the bar at three in the morning that's a good but if you have point, to if you must yeah now uh the the reason they need the gofundme money is because quinn's face battered and bruised of course quinn's face is the money maker that's the problem here the fraudulent blowy face is the money maker that's why they need the money with the bruises marks and scars all over his face and body physical presentation becomes his access to means of survival, worth, value, and income. So nobody... Is that what it says? It literally says that in the GoFundMe. Now that my face is all beat up, <laughs> I can't solicit the fraudulent blowies as easily. Okay. And um, oh and China, China needs the money because China is a college student and this traumatic experience has deterred his appetite. He can't even eat because he's so traumatized. But if you just have a suppressed appetite, I'm not clear how money satisfies that oh man i'm not hungry wait a hundred bucks okay now i am either you have Good the food Lord. or you don't this is so ridiculous i don't know anyway that's that's why they're getting the payout and uh they're gonna use they, it on bottom surgery probably yeah. although i think when you're a tranny having a dick is a benefit in the prostitution oh is that part of the bit is well no they, then they're not fraudulent well i guess they could be fraudulent but some people are into that is the better way to phrase that Right. The, the the reason that trannies become a prostitute so often is it is that gay men that believe they're they are heterosexual can like dip their toe into the gay world while still maintaining the illusion of themselves this is, that they're not facts. This is all very complicated. I, I didn't know the rules were so deep. Yeah. Hmm. 
because then they have plausible deniability like that chick with a dick looked like a chick so i'm not gay the uh in, in the video there, China said, you know what? Don't worry about us. We're fine. Like, look, I, yeah, I'm a little beat up, but I'm fine. And then in the GoFundMe, it's like, I, I will never be able to eat again. Please pay me. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess they're getting a payout. I, I hope uh, I'm sure the twenty five thousand dollar payout is is more than uh, they were making on the street. Maybe not, though. Maybe business is good. I have no idea. Oh, uh, one last note on hoax hate. Into the weekend, uh, law enforcement agencies were warning of the upcoming Day of Hate on Saturday. Whatever. I hadn't even heard of it. If I hadn't heard of it, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Otherwise known as the uh, Day of the Feds, but it doesn't look like yeah, it materialized. Really. Fed, 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 so, Fed. Um, th- this, this was so overblown that the Feds did not show up, actually. Mm. Uh, social media analysis by the counter extremism project found calls for action originating from the national socialist movement. Is that correct? It was that on the minutes when you guys had the meeting. Yes. Uh, so, oh, so this you were, you were talking about it. It's just, you guys decided not to go through. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> Specific, you guys are always talking about it though. No different. Just a regular <laughs> Tuesday, specifically three extremist groups in Iowa, New York, and California. That's how extreme it is. It's not even Idaho anymore. It's uh. It's, Wait, it's, there's legit like national socialists. That's what this is saying. Uh, that, that's they're, who they were monitoring. 99% feds, I'm sure. So law enforcement in New York, Illinois, and Florida issued bulletins and statements announcing plans for heightened attention uh, and police presence to deal with this extremist activity this weekend. The ADL issued a statement of condemnation on Twitter. Several members of Congress also condemned the upcoming day of hate. Everyone was pre-disavowing, even though there was no formal announcement from any group, no specific threat identified or presented by law enforcement at all. It was effectively the ADL and members of Congress saying this. That's it. And then the weekend came and went and jack shit happened. I checked a few hours before the uh, before we went live. Not only do I see zero events uh, or zero arrests, rather, involving day of hate, I see zero events. I'm not I don't I don't even see a single organized thing happening. Zero hateful demonstrators. I see only the usual suspects stirring up nonsense. You have the media, you have the ADL, you have the feds, you have members of Congress and you have some local police departments. But oh, Ben Shapiro had some lame tweet about this in honor of tomorrow's (laughs) white supremacist, anti-Semitic National Day of Hate. I welcome all of you to join me in a national day of kiss my ass. You pathetic losers. Wow. Edgy. I know. You're an asshat. Uh, but the reason that day of hate did not materialize is, is of course, because of the vigilance of the ADL and perhaps Ben Shapiro for standing up to the, uh, to, to these, uh, to these asshats, uh, Jonathan Grant, uh, Greenblatt tweeted, thankfully the day of hate came and went without incident. I'm certain that casting a bright light on their plans scared the bigots and sent them into the dark where they belong. That, that, that's it. The that's hardcore it, yeah. Nazis were like, whoa, nobody said anything about Jonathan Greenblatt. Okay. I, I, I definitely do not. I, I'm terrified of Jonathan. Oh, Greenblatt. I know. Please. You know, Ben Shapiro and Jonathan Greenblatt are like, fuck, nobody has said anything anti-Semitic or done anything anti-Semitic in like four seconds. How, what can we do about this? <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, you 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 make up something to advance your own victimhood, and then when it, it doesn't happen, uh, as you knew it wouldn't happen, you credit your own vigilance for stopping it. So it's interesting how the win happens either way. Uh, if it happens, well, you're a victim, so please support. If it doesn't, it's because you stopped it. So look how accomplished we are. Please support. Oh, God. And I, 
I, if I'm supposed to believe that day of hate was not entirely made up, I, I invite you in the interest of transparency of stopping the hate, show the sources. Yeah. What, what, on what using what material did you make this warning? Show me the stupid, not at all fed ADL discord server where someone wrote, we're going to do hateful stuff this Saturday. Lol. Show me those. We're going to do hate. <laughs> <laughs> it's the day. Come on. And that's the thing. Like, do, do people exist who would, demonstrate in opposition to the ADL or demonstrate with racial animosity or ethnic animosity against Jewish people. I'm sure they exist. Yeah. Would they name it day of hate? No, it's so lame. Come on. There's gotta be better names than that. Oh, yo bro. You come into day of hate. It's going to be lit. Jew bashing Saturday (laughs) is a way better name. I thought that was just Saturday in some circles. (laughs) I was told anyway. I'm sure. Thank God that Jonathan Greenblatt and the ADL have kept us secure this week. It's true. It's true. We we have recently become a diverse group, though, since 2022. Muslims welcome. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm going to cock on the Muslims. I have I have some questions. But, okay, Muslims can come to Jew bashing Saturday. Oh well, that's their event. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> How can you even make they, it happen? They march Muslims? on Skokie. Yeah, they 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 join. <laughs> okay. Anyway, but, all right. Uh, it's time for the movie review. Okay. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. This week's movie is the 1998 thriller Enemy of the State, in which a humble labor lawyer's lingerie shopping brings him evidence incriminating the deep state so he dodges surveillance and recruits an insider to help him dupe the Italian mob and the government mob into a <sighs> fatal shootout. From movie picker Swiftner, a 1998 glimpse at our dystopian present, the NSA refused to cooperate with the production. Aerial footage of their headquarters in Fort Meade, Maryland, had to be shot from public airspace. John Voight's character's birthday is September 11th. Ironically, the Surveillance Society Hammersley mentions eventually became the Patriot Act passed under the Bush administration post 9-11, only three years after the movie's premiere. As always, your review and your rating. Sure. Um, I like Tony Scott, but this was a miss for me. Not a total miss. I still gave it a three. Um, okay, let's start with what I liked. Um, the content on the surveillance state was prophetic. It was spot on. And then I liked how they filmed it like actual surveillance was filmed, especially in the late nineties. I thought that was really smart. Um, the cast was star studded. The acting was good. Uh, and then I was trying to think like, why after the movie, I was like, why didn't I like this movie? And I, I couldn't really understand it. Like, why didn't I love it? You know, it had all the makings of a good movie. And I think the reason was that it was kind of stuck and limited by this um, mid to late nineties, uh, action film kind of cliche sequence. And it really dated the movie. I don't think it held up very well. Um, and it prevented it from being a, a truly great movie. So I don't know. I mean, I didn't think it was a bad movie. I thought it was better than mediocre, um, but it wasn't a great film. It's not going to stick with me. I gave it a few. You probably know what I think about this movie. I'm I guessing. do not. Really? I, I don't know. 
It was long. I was watching it. And I was like, I have no idea what Skag's going to think about this. Really? I think he probably did not like it. Wow. I, I loved this movie. Oh, I really? loved this okay. movie so much that I was willing to actually enjoy a Will Smith production. And these oh. days I hate Will Smith on account of all of the, the bullshit stuff he's done in real life in recent okay. years. Um, but the reasons I love this movie and, and I, I don't love. Yeah, I, I love this movie. This was this was uh, fantastic to me. I was entertained huh. and and it was thought provoking to me throughout. Uh, but I, I can accept some of your criticisms. I don't think that they're completely off base. Um, but th- first of all, the absolute prophecy of it all. And it's so oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's the it's not just that this movie's on point about the trade off between surrendering your liberty and privacy in favor of a centralized security state. It's it's the nine eleven specificity with which it does it. So you've got the congressman at the start saying uh, the Telecommunications Security and Privacy Act. Well, it's more like the Invasion yes. of Privacy Act. It's it's a Patriot Act prediction a few years before it happened you got dean's wife will smith's character's wife watching cnn at home and the guest says well when the buildings start blowing up people's priorities change it's like holy shit wow reynolds the as the as the movie picker referenced reynolds birthday the main antagonist birthday is 9 11 jeez i know that there are it's not you could pick a day at random and get a coincidence it's not unheard of but that it's so weird that it has me thinking did the nsa they say they refuse to participate. Did they make this movie just to show us they knew exactly what they were doing <laughs> to laugh happen? at us because they knew yeah. not only would we not stop them, we'd pay them admission and double candy price to yeah. watch it. So I was like, am I, is this awesome in its prophecy or am I stupid for believing that this was actually genius foresight and it wasn't like some trick being played on me? Um, but some of the other uh, elements of it that aren't strictly nine 11 related were also, extremely relevant or prophetic that it wouldn't be prophetic in the Clinton sense, the, the opening Arkansas, because that would be basically just a reenactment of what was going on presently. If they, if the tinfoil yeah. was to be believed, but that assassination really started the movie off interestingly for me. And then the fact that the NSA hoax hated Dean's apartment, no, no, we got to like spray paint. I don't know, spray paint some bullshit. So he thinks it's punk kids who did it. Hilarious. Um, great conversation between Dean and Brill when they're trying to out NSA, the NSA and plant those bugs and uh, Dean uh, Will Smith's lawyer character saying, man, I've been a law abiding citizen my entire life. And now I'm hanging out with you and I'm shooting at people and I'm breaking into things and I'm spying on people. That's how it goes. It's exactly the conversation we have on the show all the time. So I won't, I won't revisit that in detail, but yeah, it's, it's, is he actually being a bad guy or is he simply playing by the rules that the enemy set for him? Fascinating. The ending a plus loved the ending shootout, not just for its violent effect, uh, but it's philosophically rich. You've got the actual mafia pointing guns at the government mafia. It's like, who's the real villain? And why do we grant that there's any moral distinction between these people? If anything, the mafia has built an honest business in the form of the restaurant. The government guys are the real evil people. But then you think then my brain started to think the way I think yours might, where it's like, how do we, how do we trick our enemies into mutual combat in this way? <laughs> how yes. that's genius. I was just the way that tied up the, the story about the, the, um, the tape that implicated the mob boss guy. And then the tape, um, right, right, right. Yeah. the other tape, uh, that, that, uh, that made Will Smith, the, uh, the enemy of the state, the political assassination. That was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love the ending. 
dumpster defender cameo. I don't know if you noticed the the shotgun that Will Smith was using, very similar to the dumpster really? defender shotgun. Huh. So I, you know, I obviously this was made way before that, but I just like the the theme. And then, come on, a cyclist getting exactly what he deserves. The, <laughs> yeah, he's the like laying in the ground, like <laughs> I was cheering for the NSA. Like, yeah, you did something good for once. <laughs> Thank you for that splatter. That was great. Um, Things I didn't like, the the comic relief of Jack Black and Seth Green. And maybe you could argue that I should appreciate this because that's uh, having a goon squad in charge of all this government security sort of makes a point that these people are ridiculous. But I just thought uh, I I thought the the sort of lame comedy kind of cut against the the feel of the movie. I, I was not a fan of those characters or at least the style of those characters and what I thought was an otherwise excellently written and uh, movie with a lot of excellent characters. Um, just like V for Vendetta, the, the fascists are commonly portrayed as right wing in this movie. Yeah. I'm not going to really dock points for that because power grabs can come from a bunch of perspectives, but, but it's lame. You know? Yeah. It's like you guys got it wrong in the way that this developed in terms of, uh, well, I should clarify. It's not that the, it's not as though the Patriot Act wasn't passed without plenty of Republican support. So I, I will grant that in full. Obviously, it was the one of the crowning achievements of a Republican president. So it's not like this is way off base. I'm just saying 20 years after the fact, the people looking to centralize government power and the intrusive capabilities of the surveillance state commonly are progressives. Mm-hmm. You could even think about it in extent in the extension of the uh, the vaccine mandates and stuff. I know that's oh, yeah. not surveillance per se, but it's an intrusion of your privacy and much the same theme. Uh, and then I said, as I mentioned, they go back to Brill's apartment and Dean says, no, thank you to the Hawaiian shirt. Come on, dude. You <laughs> have to, you have to say yes to the Hawaiian shirt. Last point. This isn't appreciation or criticism. But I will give the question to you is enemy of the state a Christmas movie. No, no. Why not? Did you say yes? Because I don't think Die Hard's a Christmas. Well, ah. no, it's not a Christmas. I thought about this because, uh, well, we haven't revisited the debate since Die Hard. And that was a year and change ago that we reviewed that movie. At the time, I said in that review that the rule is Christmas must impact the plot. So it's not enough just to have a passing presence of a tree or Santa ho ho hoing at one point or something. And he was looking for a Christmas gift. Exactly. Christmas has to change the plot or the story significantly. But if he's not Christmas shopping, there's no drop of the video. If there's no drop of the video, he's never enemy of the state. Stupid rule. I I know that it's, I felt absurd for writing it, but by the letter of the law, it is a Christmas movie. Enemy of the state is a Christmas movie until I hear, give me a rule. Otherwise it's a Christmas movie. Christmas has to be featured prominently throughout the film. It is. There are Christmas carols being played. There's a Santa outside the store. In fact, I'll give you another point. The reason that uh, the NSA was not able to find the video is because Will Smith's son went rummaging through the presence in direct opposition to his father's instructions. (sighs) Yeah. So even the Christmas gift, it was relevant, not just that he was shopping for it, but the way it was stored at home. My instinct is uh, to slap you and say no, but I don't really know why. It's a Christmas movie. Not only is it a Christmas movie, it's one of the best Christmas movies ever made. It's a five wiki production. It's an awesome movie. We love you. You're very special. I'm glad you liked it. Part of what made it so enjoyable to me, too, is I went in thinking, oh, God, I got to watch Will Smith. I don't know. 
And yeah. uh, it, it only took 10, 15, 20 minutes for me to realize, no, this is, yeah, I'm this into is this. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. I hear you. I hear you. I respect your opinion. It's wow. wrong, but that's, I respect your opinion. That's a first. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, let's see what the audience thinks. Um, yeah. Uh, early vote. Majority of people are giving it fours and fives. Our audience is generally a lot kinder than we are. Not a lot of low ratings. Uh, very few ones and twos so far. Next week. I, I genuinely look forward to this. I try not to put my thumb on the scale of the voting, but I am happy to see Blazing Saddles selected. Nice. I, I have uh, never seen it, or it's n- been a really long time. Neither have I. I'm told it's one of the most racist movies ever made. So there you go. Uh, we'll check that out for next week. And after that, March's remaining movie nominations from listener Jacob are The Shawshank Redemption, The Count of Monte Cristo, Ex Machina, Memento, Major Pain, Rush Hour, The Majestic, or of course you can vote, uh, you can reject the list and vote for a randomly selected top-rated movie instead. Man, most of those are lame. I don't know much of, I've never seen any of them outside of, no, I haven't seen Blazing Saddles either. This is a completely fresh list for me this month. Okay, fine. And as okay. a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, give a new definition of what a Christmas movie is, submit your own rating, Vote for the next movie and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do it is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description. And of course, on the homepage of the website, that is madchristiansonmedia.com. And it's time to get back to the chatters who, uh, as always, have been very patient with me spending too much time talking about fraudulent blowies. Although I'm sure they probably want to talk about something related. Our audience might be like peak demographic for being on the receiving end of a fraudulent blowy. <laughs> you guys are at risk. Yeah. You're, you're an audience at risk. We're doing you a public service. Yeah. Um, I got to reload actually. Where did we leave? It was, uh, I think Tor- I Tortuga was a really next, disgusting right? one with Robin. And that that's right. Was... And then Daniel Kunkel, we talked about national divorce. Tortuga was up next. And actually, um, I do want to take this opportunity since Tortuga is in a foreign country. We've had some issues with foreign country chats. Uh, So we don't have a way to convert them currently. And that was leading us to miss some chats. If you're a foreign, if you, if you do super chats in a foreign currency and we've missed them, just uh, send me an email and I'll be sure to not do that in the future. And thanks to Tortuga for helping me sort that out. But he says we can all rest easy knowing that the Biden administration has acted and airlines uh, 10 airlines retook tickets for free. I mean, we can't afford to get an airline ticket, but at least we can rebook the flight. Yeah. And that, and they, they're going to book you and your family closer together on the plane now Great. too. Yeah. So he's really against junk fees, except for the junkiest <laughs> fee of them all, which is inflation. And you can't escape it. <laughs> at least you can make a selection among airlines and decide like, well, do I want to fly? Do I, how do I want to do this trip? Uh, when it comes to the food that you eat and the energy you consume, there's really no avoiding that junk fee, but he has nothing to say about that. It's actually going down. Robin uh, D. Banks says, so glad that I looked uh, when I looked in the chat uh, to see Mike Hawk inside. You're, this is bait. <laughs> Who doesn't want a piece of Mike Hawk's action? Oh, come on. The real question is, did I enter the chat with Mike Hawk? Or is Mike Hawk entering all of us? Come on, guys. Thank you, Robin. 
I guess what I just have to say to you is, are you gay? JRC1 says, seriously, does Project Veritas really think they can succeed without their founder, James O'Keefe? The search for truth has no other foundation than uh, truth itself. No, I count me in the camp that I don't believe that the board sincerely believes that. I think I I know genu- generally you're not supposed to assume malice, but I'm really struggling here to buy their story as told. And that includes their optimism that they're going to be able to salvage the company yeah, without James there's O'Keefe. no way they lack insight to that degree. There's just no way. I d- I know it's speculation. I know it's cynical, but I count me in the camp that believes there's some influence incentivizing them to behave this way. For sure. I just don't believe it's animosity towards James O'Keefe because he stole a sandwich or called the guy a pussy or other related events. It doesn't make any sense. Maybe the pregnant lady was way overweight and he was doing her a service and maybe the guy was being a pussy. And sometimes people are hard to work with. But the the fact of the matter is I don't know James O'Keefe personally. I've never spoken with him. I'm going to bet based on his track record, he's a hardworking guy that probably doesn't put up with a lot of uh, slacker bullshit. They say that he's fired a lot of people, that he's hassled a lot of people. I could see that, but that's really a trait of people who tend to get things done. Yeah, yeah that's I know that's hard to work with sometimes, but that's why you as a worker, you're allowed to select your employer based on company culture. I'm not saying that you should submit to constant abuse if james o'keefe is standing over your shoulder every day stealing every sandwich you want to eat and calling you a pussy every every hour of every day yeah maybe but if it's just like oh he's harsh he's harsh but he gets stuff done and if you don't like that there are a lot of places where you can exercise your journalistic skills uh in a in a different place yeah there's nothing wrong with that you don't just because you're in a job doesn't mean you have to stick in in that job i decided my last job sucked and I made uh, I made this job and it sucks a lot less. Now, some might say, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 you're kidding yourself. It still sucks. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about the product, not the job. But uh, <laughs> no, I mean, there's nothing wrong with deciding, you know what, this isn't for me and moving on to an opportunity that is for you. This job is really awesome. I, I every day I'm extremely thankful that I'm able to do this. Oh, totally. But, Can you imagine if we had to work our own our old shitty, shitty shit jobs? Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm thankful to the to the chatters in the community for making that a possibility i could also see though that if i was in charge of managing people to make content for this show or, or if i was trying to expand this into that into a project veritas level that i probably would be similarly tough on people like listen you either produce no you or- would be even worse you'd be tough but fair <laughs> you know i'd rather yeah. have james o'keefe like be like you need to stop being such a pussy than matt you'd be like i've written out a list of things that i yeah. think you could do better so we could be more productive <laughs> yeah he steals the sandwich i do the compliment sandwich that would be yeah. different and it, it, it would be annoying i think you're right so uh great work but i've noticed but- <laughs> yeah, i probably would do that Jeff Sloat says in St. Louis this week, a young woman lost her legs after being stuck or struck by a repeat offender with 40 plus bail violations. Yet another city ruined by soft on crime politicians. Oh, and Jeff Sloat, you know, Jeff Sloat, I I owe Jeff Sloat a quasi apology or a quasi correction. He had this dispute on Custer and my commentary last week about whether, uh, Algren, Tom Cruise's character from The Last Samurai, was in fact a lone survivor of uh, of Custer. So there's some oh, dispute no. about. Well, his dispute was no 700 guys survived because that was the the entirety of the Seventh Cavalry. And my See, response was, wrong. well, my response was the guys under Custer's command died. 
technically the entirety of the seventh cavalry was under Custer's command to Jeff Sloat's point. What I meant is that the guys who actually rode into that encampment uh, in the battle of the little Bighorn with Custer, those guys all died. So, okay. He's, he's my, I would still defend my point that the guys who are fighting the Indians there, they died. Like, I don't know how Algren got out of that. However, uh, to the, in the strict, in the strictest sense, there were Reno and, and who was the other guy? McDougal, something like that. There were, there were other um, battalions of the seventh cavalry. If that, I, I might be using the wrong unit term, but other units of the seventh cavalry that technically were under Custer's command. They were just trying to circle around the Indians and they were going to uh, approach from a different place. But I have to clarify to give him proper credit for his point. And since I, Gave him a you are fake news. You are fake news. I have to do it to myself because I wasn't precise with my language. Oh, okay. Though I still defend my point that Algren is bullshit. He did not. He was not there with Custer at Little Bighorn. That shit didn't happen. (laughs) I stand by it. Knuckle hunky buck. Thank you, Jeff. Cool. uh, Cool at Banksy. Nobody's surprised to see Mike Hawk. We're going to run this bit into the ground. Are we coming from you? But nobody wants to hear Mike Hawk coming out of Matt's mouth and blonde's husband might get mad if he ever catches Mike Hawk coming out of her mouth. Okay. This is, this is, uh, Oh my, this is, well, I never, this is not for the kids. Robin D banks blonde. And I once made hate to celebrate Germany. We released 99 red balloons. The AF, uh, the air force thought it was a, uh, a bogey from China and shot it down with an F 15. <laughs> We're sorry. We didn't mean it. We're sorry. Yeah. Phil says, in a callback to the Wednesday show, I think we all know that Somalia's biggest export is refugees. And unfortunately, they seem to have an yeah, unlimited really. supply. That's correct. I should have I should have understood that. Um, yeah, we had a discussion about what the chief export of Somalia is. And it turns out that if not the main one, a primary one is gold. And we had a whole discussion about that. And I thought, really, they have lots of gold, but their, their country's impoverished. Um, they don't have lots of gold. They're the 97th gold exporter out of 170 countries in the world. But that's their their chief export, basically. It's $110 million worth of gold annually, which is like, you know, a rich guy's income in this country. Okay. Maybe that's high. Like, you have to be elite society to have $110 million in income. But I'm saying there there are people of that level of wealth, individuals in this country, and that's like the entire chief export of the country of Somalia. But. Oh, do you want me to take that? Yeah, if you want to take over. Uh, injured guardian, Matt, the shirt compels me to ask, do you have any strong opinions on the P90 want wish? I uh, wish I could. Well, I (laughs) wish I was willing to waste the money on it. It wouldn't necessarily be a waste, but the other complication with the P90. So P90 is this little looking weird gun right here that I'm pointing to blonde. See that, Mm -hmm. that one, that little alien looking thing. It's um, which side is the front? It's the barrel is down here. So here's my thumb is the stock end and there's, there's your muzzle. Uh, but the P90 shoots kind of an intermediate cartridge between like a rifle caliber and uh, and uh, a, a pistol caliber. And uh oh, got a tantrum happening in the other room. So I apologize I if you hear, hear any child screaming. Um, the uh, the 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 reason I don't have one currently is because they're ex- they're generally expensive to buy. Like they, you, you might be able to find them for like sixteen, seventeen, eighteen hundred bucks. So they're not cheap. But the other problem is. They're designed to be very compact. It's a it's a bullpup design. And so you you don't want a giant barrel poking out of that thing. 
But because of stupid ATF rules and, and the National Firearms Act, you have to I, I have to buy it with a giant 16 inch barrel defeating the purpose of the weapons design, then get a tax stamp, then rebarrel it. Then I can have it short. So it's another 200 bucks plus a bunch plus a bunch of waiting time to have it in the configuration that I'd want it. I do have a friend who has one suppressed and it was really fun to shoot a couple of years ago, but that's my only huh. experience with them. Maybe someday, someday I will, uh, I'll have the P90. Let's see who is next. Laurel, I'm on a diet and doing well, but honestly, right now I want to eat all the pizza in the world. I hear you. I gave up some stuff for Lent and I'm like, just, what did you give okay. up? Gave up sugar and all food fried in oil. For how long? 40 days. That's how long the uh, Lent uh, sacrifice is? Yeah. And to be honest, I feel like shit. <laughs> well, as I, I've never tried that exact thing, but with a lot of dietary changes, and I, I'm in the same boat, Laurel, it's like to get through the first couple weeks is the toughest. And then once you've kind of forced your body to adjust to a new norm, you don't feel weird or bad anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's totally, constantly yeah. a battle of the late night snacks for me. And I did a pretty good yeah. job last week. I think four out of five weeknights, I did not do the late night snack. Or if I did, I, I ate like pickles or something that don't count. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. I'm not eating after nine, which sounds yeah. like it's a huge sacrifice to people or not a huge sacrifice to people. Yeah. But it's actually incredibly difficult. for me. If you can last um, the few weeks, Laurel, once you get on the other side of it and your body is just adjusted to a new norm, you, you'll be like pizza. Every time I do this, it's like, uh, you know, I have I have uh, one of my vices, too, is energy drinks. I shouldn't drink them, but I enjoy them. And I've quit yeah. them many times. And then that's like, I've, See, but it was awesome it, yeah. before. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going back. It's the same thing with it. like late night <laughs> snacks. Like, all right, I quit that. I, I got over that. Yeah. But it was awesome before. So I'm going back. Uh, yeah, I'm bad on caffeine. I'm up to like four cups of coffee a day now. Coffee's not the worst, though. It's not full of all the <laughs> chemical crap that I'm ingesting. I'm trying to get pregnant. Uh, yeah, well, that, then that's a problem, I suppose. I don't have to. So I drink shit loads of caffeine, like the first half of my cycle and the second half I drink like none. And it is just wreaking havoc on my body. Hmm. Like my body hates me. So I should really just cut back. Yeah. Laurel says thoughts on Scott Adams epic rant on black people being a hate group. We talked about it a little bit, but, it, you know, obviously you'd have to be an idiot not to agree with him. And he's about three years late to the party. Uh, well, I, 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 <laughs> I think that there are, be I think people can make their criticisms of, of the general points. Like the, the it's a very broad, he said a very broad statement covering a lot of people. And I think that there's pushback that, that people are entitled to, to, to voice on that. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Um, I, I do have a problem with acting like there's no problem with the general poll finding though, as we mentioned uh, that we're going to look at a poll result and maybe when we talked about this on Wednesday, it's like maybe the poll result because it's okay to be white has become a politicized statement wrongfully. I think that maybe people mm -hmm. are reading too much into it, but if it's correct yes. that among this population, 25% say it's not okay to exist in this particular yeah, really. what racial would they state. Have us do? Uh, that's that's a major problem and as a general matter of principle now i'm not i'm i agree that you shouldn't use this information to judge a particular individual but if you if you are thinking about this as a in a broad sense it's like well uh if if there's reason to believe that x x number think that I shouldn't exist the way that I am, it would be sensible for me to avoid that situation. You might find that distasteful, but the fact of the matter is people have association rights too. You can't compel someone to associate with anybody else for any reason 
that you want them to could be demographic reasons, could be ideological reasons, whatever. Um, I, I, I'm not going to endorse what Scott Adams said, but the idea that we're not going to talk about the, the seriousness of the premise from which he's operating. I, I find, I find that to be a worse problem, frankly, like it's, it's a guy issuing an opinion you may agree with or not to which he's perfectly entitled versus 25% of a population saying it's not okay to exist this way. Yeah. That's a big problem. Yeah, it re- it really is. Yeah. So, uh, Scott Adams issued what he thinks is a solution to that problem. I think that, uh, people can talk about what other solutions they would like to see in place of that, but really that's not what the, what the story has become. Instead, it's just Scott Adams is a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Max, no, no. Thank you, sir. Boogeyman now one seven says, I doubt it. Hmm. Um, do you want to take over? Yeah. Max, uh, no, no. Thank you. Max. I doubt it. Aliquis vault. Tesus. Western civilization is not uh, falling with a bang or even a whimper. We're driving off a cliff in a clown car while yakety sax plays. Well, that's a great soundtrack. <laughs> I'm glad that that's the soundtrack to our demise. It's perfectly yeah. fitting. Padre speaks says for the love of all that is holy, please interview Ryan Dawson about Lincoln. The first neocon. I don't know Ryan, but uh, I'm following I, him on Twitter for a while. I'm interested in this Lincoln stuff because we've been, I mean, everybody's been presented a, a generally one-sided perspective of Lincoln. I think at least I was in my upbringing and that's not to say that everything that critics are saying is correct either, but I'm very interested by razor kind of general theme or thesis that this marked a significant, um, a significant concentration of power in the federal government in a way that served as the foundation for the concentration of power that we see today, that the reason Lincoln is so revered and protected is because if you start chipping away at the premises that make him revered and protected, you start realizing that the ruling class, as he put it today is, uh, is not legitimate for the same reasons. Right. Tortuga says, see, uh, seek vis pacem para bellum. Well, that sounds like a uh, Latin that I don't necessarily know how to translate, but I recognize Parabellum from the nine millimeter caliber. Is that, uh, I don't know. I'm missing the reference. I'm sure there's something there for me to decode. Uh, Logan Orr, always trying to get me. Baldwin's prosecutor. Uh, he's skeptical of Baldwin's prosecutor. And he's probably been paid off. Uh, well, but it's a, it's a, it's, it's two women. The DA is a, a Democrat chick. And then there's the special prosecutor. Right. Or did she get dismissed? I know they were trying to dismiss the special prosecutor because she's now a Republican Congresswoman uh, or state, state legislator in, in New Mexico. Um, so maybe I missed who this person is Logan. Uh, but if, if, uh, if I have go ahead and email me that also, if booty judge wears, uh, if booty judge was at club Q, Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> Listen, I, uh, I'm I not a fan. I can't believe that someone would have so much like hate in their heart. He's, he has a, a, a wish of bad things to happen to, to mayor Pete that I just can't No, I have to disavow. Thunderstorm says Alec Baldwin case is very suspicious. Thank you, Logan, by the way. You can fire a, a dummy round lodging a bullet in the barrel and next fire a blank creating a shot on purpose. Same thing happened to actor Brandon Lee. Oh, is that how he died? It was a combination of dummy and blank that actually created a, de, a de facto 
live round. I guess so. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Laurel says, why is match shirt not available, available for purchase on your, on your site? Well, we don't have the sophisticated capacity to produce this sort of shirt, but maybe if I, uh, maybe if I, if I hire out some of the project Veritas staff soon to be laid off, I could, uh, I could put them to work. Um, and, uh, but, but yeah, the, the, uh, the, the, if people are, want to check out the company, it's called retro rifle. I don't have a commercial relationship with them, but if you want gun themed Hawaiian shirts, retro rifle is where you look. Maybe, uh, maybe they'll make some channel branded ones for me or something someday. I don't know. Knuckle, knuckle hunky buck says, uh, it's not pronounced Palestine or Palestine. It's, uh, Palestine bears. <laughs> like barons oh is that is this is the debate about the baron that's the thing about them isn't it always it's the berenstein bears that's how i i've always heard it but isn't that incorrect I, wasn't there some dispute about that i don't know bernstein bears maybe so people say it wrong i don't know berenstein is how i always heard it cam girl asuna says uh oh thanks for supporting the show uh daniel yeager says didn't Zelensky effectively snub biden by being open to meeting with g to set peace talks per daily mail i didn't hear that Maybe, but maybe that's true. Uh, Timmy J says, may this Lent bring you too closer to the big guy upstairs. Blonde. Are you hitting all three pillars of prayer, fasting and almsgiving? Uh, I'm hitting, uh, two of those. I'm hitting one and a half of those. Got it. Thank you, Timmy. And, uh, and, uh, I hope that you are, uh, progressing on your journey toward God as well. Nicholas H says to everyone listening, have children. Don't be the weakest link in thousands of generations of your genetic chain plus demographics. Thank that. Thanks. That's an interesting way to put it too. It's like, yeah, th- uh, think of all of the events and labor and difficulty and joy and the entirety of all of that history and genetic combinations that led to you. Wouldn't the people who participated in that want to know, that it, that was, it was assured right? it went somewhere it wasn't a dead end that you know uh, there is a yeah i think there's some there's plenty of legitimacy to that 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 it's not just a, a gift to your children that we've talked about previously but it is a a way of honoring honoring your descendants your as well right. yeah. yep. um robin d banks changed my mind no bs the grand jury lady's actually the squirrel from ice age and she was the the only one in the jury because she wait and she was only in the jury because she wandered into court trying to find her egg corn by accident. Look at her. That's her. Yeah, I, I, guess, I haven't seen Ice Age. The count that on the movies uh, I have not seen. So perhaps we'll have to get a review on that. I one. do know but what you're talking about. I remember the character. I've seen the character. Uh, Max, I kind of feel bad for this mousy woman on the Trump case. Everyone's pissed at her. I don't know. I feel bad for her, too. I mean, but- she's terrible, but also her life is a sham and she's going to die alone. So <laughs> there's tragedy in what's happening to men and women. Uh, yeah. How uh, dare you? I'll point out that we, we are speculating too. We don't, for all we know, she has a very happy marriage with lots of kids. Yeah, she no doesn't. Um, um, I don't feel bad for her though. She signed up for the, no, there's no reason she had to be in the public eye. She volunteered that entirely. There are 15 other members of that grand jury who are sitting at home eating, eating a DiGiorno right now or something laughing at her. That's true. That's true. Not doing this. So it's entirely her bit. Um, arc. How do you, how do you zipper merge? Ah, because anyone who thinks you should drive to the end of a lane and force traffic to stop so you can get ahead of others deserves to be Dude, yeeted from society. Uh, 
I actually had this exact experience yesterday. I was. I uh, agree. There's with that. There's one of these uh, merge lanes right by my house, and um, and traffic kind of had to slow down to achieve that. And the jackass driving a pick. So I'm in the right lane that has to merge left because two lanes are becoming one. And obviously, you're going to alternate. So that traffic flows most efficiently. If you have to stop one lane there and right. wait, you're going to have a mess. Yeah. So I'm assuming because everybody else is alternating. It's like, all right, I'm going to alternate in. And instead of letting me alternate in the jackass driving some lifted pickup behind me hits the gas as hard as he can to cut me off and cause me to stop my car. Mm. Also, he could get one car ahead in the line is very important. It's fine. He's probably uh, already dead from driving radical it's a very dangerous highway that's uh it's a mountain highway heading south uh yeah i, I don't know I, I didn't see if he ended up in the river or in the ditch or something so i have no idea but i hope he is <laughs> he uh, i would grade that guy worse than a cyclist to be honest that's that's oh, how bad that move was i can't read this next one you you've got to read this Ooga Boo Boo. i'm not reading that i'm not gonna do it Oh, I saw Bill Biz next. I'll do that one for, but I think our order is different. Uh, Blonde, excellent interview with Gypsy Crusader. Amazing how much crap he went through. Yes, it was really good. You know, he was not at all what I expected at all. He's like so nice and well-spoken and and everything like that. Um, I'm trying to get just pearly things on for anybody that has requested that interview, but she is so popular. I cannot get a hold of her. Hmm. So the only thing I can do is implore the audience to harass her on all of her social media until she just caves and realizes that it's less trouble to do the interview than to deal with all of you people. I have no association with this hounding. Okay. Yeah. Just I disagree. Get at her. I'm not reading the Zuga Because I hate when people do up. that shit to me. <laughs> well, it's, it's the only thing that works. Sometimes. Not that I'm not that I have many people hounding for me to appear on certain shows. It's not common, but it's, you know, I've endured low levels of it in the past. <laughs> and even that's annoying. Um, Ooga Boogaloo. Here we go. Love the shirt, Matt. Reminds me of that one time Matt and I once made guns, but this is correct. Made guns. He finished in my lower receiver and I drilled his third hole. But yeah. that's that's how you. Why are you gay? That's how you would construct a, a, an illegal M16 lower or fully automatic you know, M4 lower. However you want to characterize it. A fully automatic AR lower. Um, Moving on. All right. Thank you. Um, which I would never do. The ATF. You, you, you can't do that. Never do that. Don't do it. No third hole. Uh, Knuckle Hungy Buck says, I'll tell you exactly how she became the poor person of the grand jury. She's kind of cute. No. Nope. And she looks like she's great at crying and can cry at will. No man on the grand jury wanted to see that. <laughs> oh, I just lost my place. Okay. Uh, it it might have been that. That might have happened. You're right. Yeah. Uh, just absolute, just men giving up, which we have to stop doing. I understand. Yeah, really. Men giving hey. up is how we ended up in a lot of this situation. But man, it's That's tough. True. Uh, yeah, and Common Hands is next. Um, Matt's killing it with his shirt game again. Who needs flannel blonde? You look amazing compared to your last video. Oh, wait, that wasn't you. That was Scott Adams. <laughs> Same vibe. Be good. <laughs> thank uh, you. Maybe, maybe. Um, thank you for the kind words. I, uh, I've had this shirt for a little while and I thought, are they ready for it? And also, am I going to be praised or roasted? I accept my fate. I thought I'm just yeah. going into it. And then I got on right before live and blonde's like, well, cool shirt. And I thought, wow, if blonde thinks it's cool, it must, <laughs> must not be. I do like it. I was like, right. I got to buy my husband. He's going to love that. Um, Michael Anderson. I'm just going to read these through Ukraine. One, the enemy of my enemy is my tool. This isn't about Ukraine. It's about Russia. Putin initiates a war about every seven years. Russian method of war are uh, bathed in war crimes. Hmm. Almost all of the money allocated is spent in the U.S. training gear transport. It's not pallets of cash. Historically, Russians are the most paranoid people to former KGB. U.S. NATO exists to destroy them. 
Um, Russia's formal doctrine is based upon defending from the near abroad, read border countries, if Russia, Soviet Union moves to recapture its historic defense choke points, invading border NATO countries is what follows Ukraine. If we stop supporting Ukraine, it will fall and U.S. NATO appears to have backed down in the face of Russia. This will likely inspire future aggression. Given Russia's performance in Ukraine, NATO would roll up an invasion in 72 hours. Russia would be left with nukes as their only defense alternative. A nuke is Ukraine in Ukraine is a tragedy. A nuke in NATO is a fallout. I need to reread these. Hold on. My my the trouble here is that they came through in a different order for me. They are numbered. Right. But I oh yeah, there's still some ahead for me. So I don't probably, believe that Putin would ever initiate a war with the United States. It's just, it, it would be so futile. Why would he do that? I, it, it seems hard to think he would do it directly, though if he wanted to diminish U.S. power, maybe you'd do it in, Well, this in, way. This yeah. is a proxy war for both of us, I think. Almost it, all the money is allocated. Yeah, up. potentially. I mean, it's, uh, I, I've joked, it's like, well, maybe Putin is in on the scam because Ukraine is just cashing in. And it's like, why, why isn't this war been able to, why hasn't it come to a conclusion either from some sort of negotiated settlement or from Russia just rolling in and destroying Ukraine as was predicted? And I've joked like, well, maybe Russia's in on it. Maybe like it's 10% for the big guy and like 20% for Putin <laughs> or something like that. But yeah. it, it, it might not necessarily have to be like that. I, I fully grant this is, tinfoil speculation but if putin knows that there's a weakening of the u.s from just prolonging this war into infinity mm. either through the spending of money or just through like the 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 political uh the political fight that happens internally for us as a result of it maybe he sees that as some kind of net win for russia in a way that he couldn't achieve by just taking us on directly like he's not going to He's not going to uh, drop troops. He's not going to have guys parachute into the West Coast or something like that, or right. know, have some Russian boat cross the ocean and try to raid San Francisco or something. It's going to be hard to shift um, sentiment on the right against Russia because uh, they're winning because because Putin is winning the culture war. I have several friends that just moved from Russia and they said this tranny thing is non-existent in the country on that basis alone. I'm way sympathetic to the Russian cause. Uh, well, hmm. he's got a good starting point. Let me, I'll he does. I, we need <laughs> strong male leadership that uh, doesn't allow this stuff to, to seep into society. And I know that he has some immoral methods of execution, no pun intended. Um, but it, it still appeals to me. It's, it's going to appeal to people on the right. Men are men and women are women is a good starting point. Uh, there's a lot of this is why Russia and China. I'm like, well, you're communist and you guys have six oligarchs that have more money than the remaining half of your country. But I'm listening. (laughs) There's a lot of room for disagreement after, but, uh, maybe starting premise, (laughs) but there's something to work with, I guess. And killing journalists, of course. Yeah. Oh, well there's that too. Yeah. Um, I can't forget that. Uh, by the way, Michael, thank you for the, uh, for the support for the show. We love you. You're very special. Even um, if we were not able to read that in the exact order that it was intended. I did. I read it in the correct Oh, okay. Thank you. I, I Yeah, I, I just see it in a mixed up order on my screen. So I want to make sure that we had that right. Um, do you want to keep going a little bit? Uh, yeah, Bill's up next, right? Bill says, Matt, I sent you an email with some inside perspective on Veritas. Every streamer has gone to, uh, full tinfoil on this, but it's actually closer to the bo- board's account than James. It's been years mm. of issues. I'm, I, I'm open to the evidence. I'm open I won't, to the idea. I won't, yeah. say, like, I won't say I have knowledge that others don't. My problem, don't. My problem with Veritas is a few things. Uh, 
It's that their explanation for why this is going on is you could call it evolving. You could call it stacking. It's just kind of a grab bag of reasons that just happened. And I guess if I wanted to take Veritas's side, you'd say, well, that's because James made it a public issue. And when he made it a public issue, they have to justify their decision making in every way that they can. And that's why you're seeing reasons A, B and C and X, Y and Z. I just I'm I've been unsatisfied by their lack of a clear definitive reason for why. So that's been a problem. Um, I, I the, the problem with the timing on this, I know that I don't have anything direct to say that that the Pfizer stuff caused this, but it's very hard for me to ignore that it all apparently became a conflict right after that. I guess if you want to take Veritas aside, you could say, well, again, that's because James chose to make this public. That was what was an opportunistic time for him because he could claim it was that and people would buy it. Yeah, I guess, right. I guess you could make that. Um, you could make that uh, argument. The The other problem I have with Veritas though, is, is at least in that video, James brought some documentation. He brought some receipts. He showed us what he was talking about in terms of board meeting minutes Uh, Veritas so far has told me things in statements, but they've not provided the evidence. I say that with a full understanding that they still have their internal investigation ongoing. uh, And I assume they're assembling the evidence, but if they want me to believe their story as they're telling it, I'm going to need to see some of that uh, as much as they can show without compromising the internals of their company for me to believe that this was legitimate as presented. Um, but of yeah. course, I'm not I'm not a James loyalist that would say no matter what they show me, it's James O'Keefe forever. Well, if you have evidence that can show me James O'Keefe did X, Y and Z that that compelled us, not just as kind of a workplace management decision, but even as a legal matter, as they're now claiming, no, no, our nonprofit status is on the hook because of James. That's, that's what they're saying. If you yeah. can show me that. OK, I, I guess I'll 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 listen. I just need to see it. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Thank you, Bill. And I'll be sure to check out your email. Uh well, probably tomorrow I'll be able to get into that. Tortuga says, uh, Michael Anderson and I are getting into a shekel slinging battle. Take my shekels. Well, thank you guys. Appreciate that. Uh, appreciate your support for the show very much. I have to refresh. Are you ready to go? I am not going to be niggardly. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Thunderstorm. Centralized power is normal if shared with the ethnicity, especially with a public vote. Uh, let me find bureaucracy it. is evil and multi-layered and controls all aspects of life merely by its existence. <laughs> we all hate. Well, e- even this, uh, c- centralized power is normal in what context, like in, in the context of a country of 300 million people or in the context of a community that consents to it in a small, you know, a small community. Um, but my other problem with this is the, is the public vote too, that the power is determined through, the public vote. I agree that public consent is, is a value, but I don't think it's the most important one. Clearly there are, there are rights that exist that are not subject to that vote. And those ought to be protected first and foremost, at least if I'm designing the system, but I will certainly agree that bureaucracy is evil. I will take, I would rather have a thousand Kings governing small regions of this country than a centralized bureaucracy like we have currently. Okay, esoteric unbound. Even a hundred kings. It doesn't. It yeah. doesn't take that many. Like there's diminishing returns once you get past like uh, 50, fifty or hundred kings. kings. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get it. I think the alphabet people are going to save Western civilization. Um, the self-parroting internal contradictions of their agenda looks like it's going to pull the entire feminist commie, commie postmodern project down. Wouldn't that be something? 
Um, Patrick Todd, the fundamental flaw of monarchy is that to maximize power, monarchs must resort to inbreeding. So you end up with kings like the Habsburgs and King Tut, um, pull like families, ah. family trees with birth defects. Oh, the Habsburg jaw, the famous Habsburg, you know, they couldn't had, even close their mouths. I had forgotten about those biological complications. Um, I'm going to grab a couple off rumble here really quickly before I forget. Sure. Cause they've been very patient. Mean Steve says, Matt and I once made love, but it was really, it, it really, it was James O'Keefe. And I can now go back to my job at Pfizer. Well, congratulations. Uh, mean Steve says you can always tell when a repurposed building used to be a pizza hut. That of course being a reference to China and Quinn. Uh, have you seen that joke before? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's true. You'll always know the pizza hut shape. Um, <laughs> Cribble says, Matt, did you suffer any cringy TikTok videos last week? Well, I, um, unless they're posted on Twitter or elsewhere, I don't, I don't ever go on TikTok. So I don't remember, I don't recall anything specific. Maybe if, if you're referencing something I missed, I apologize, but nothing specific that I recall. Cribble says, Matt's favorite BART station has a movie of the same name. Are we talking about the Fruitvale station or are we talking about something else? <laughs> because the Fruitvale station is the one that I used to live nearby and that's where people get murdered. But is there Ooh. a oh, Fruitvale Station 20, 2013 movie? Yeah, I should watch this. This is shortly after I left. And it, it has, oh, it's Michael B. Jordan. And I can't tell. Oh, that chinless it. guy. Yeah. Do you get murdered? Does everybody get murdered in this uh, in this movie? It's got to be realistic. I'll check it I out. I have no idea. All right. That's, uh, we're set on Rumble. Thank you, guys. Okay, Chris the Trucker, unscrabble the following words. E-pins, E-P-I-N-S, that's penis. Um, I-T-L-E-H-R, that's Hitler. Come on. The next one is the N-word. <laughs> the next one is uh, butt sex. Okay. Are there and more? And then he did, he did another unscramble, and it's all the same. Oh, never mind. I read these out of order. And he said they're spine, lither, ginger, and subtext. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you. I, I'm I'm sorry Whoops. we got them wrong. That was clever, though. That that was that was clever. That, you you got us. I I ruined that all. Uh, Bill McPierce. The nuance of Project Veritas is both James and the broad torpedo of the organization. James for years uh, pulling staff off task for menial things and insights with department heads. This isn't all of a sudden. That's true. Uh, I don't know. It's very possible it, that James is a piece of shit. Well, it could be true. But the the other thing I'll, I'll say about that is I think it's incredibly unwise to try to oust him for management style, if that is, in fact, what's going on here. And that that's what Bill is referencing. I'm not saying there aren't other allegations, but if this is about management style for years on end, um, right. I think it's very foolish to think we'll just replace him and the company will be fine. Mm-hmm. I, I, I might agree that James has a bad management style. I don't know. I've never worked under him. But I do think that if that is the case, if that is the heart of their dispute with him, that, that you are mean, uh, you got to figure out mean. a way to resolve that because you're going to kill your company right. if you try to get rid of him. And maybe they're maybe they're not. Maybe they maybe they were just trying to resolve this and James overreacted and blew the whole thing up. Maybe that's what well, happened. But I'm open to the evidence. I will. I will wait and see. Um, Stephen Richard says, I hope there aren't any pistol braces on that shirt. No, these are, uh, that I think these are legit SBRs. I don't know. It's gotta be, gotta be, I don't know. Um, the answer to the dissolution of the United States is that it's going to be violent and bloody. Everything we do to save that off is going to make it worse, but we'll allow our children a few decades to flourish and we'll be worth it. But I don't think that's even true. 
uh, a flourish before what? Knowing that there's an impending collapse in and of itself is going to be a detriment to um, to the, having a flourishing life and progress. Well, I don't know. I, there, you can still uh, you can still have a great time under those dark clouds. To be cliche and poetic about it, it, it lends to there, a lot of hedonism, though. It, it can. I mean, the, I I don't mean to downplay. I think the the ominous times ahead because I agree that there are bad things coming. I also acknowledge, though, that prior generations have gone through incredible sacrifice and incredible difficulty and still had worthwhile, joyous lives through it and despite it. So, yeah, you can't neglect. We talk about the obligation to have kids and build family. That's true when the times are good. It's true when the times are bad. And you should never neglect that, uh, not just that responsibility, but that joy. It, it is one of life's simple joys and uh that man now now every time it's funny my my wife has uh she'll she'll watch my videos with my son he doesn't talk yet but he goes and he points at the screen and and she uh so every time he sees the screen but then she put on a tucker carlson video and he went (laughs) so it's like well close enough Uh, he I, i guess i don't know maybe tucker is his dad i I, did, I haven't gone on Mario. <laughs> That'd be a weird twist. But it's um, those little things. It's like everybody should have that experience, man. It's really awesome. If even if Civil reload. War Two is tomorrow, it's worthwhile to have that experience. <laughs> Better reload. Oh yeah, uh, Knuckle Hunky Buck says my name is my name be Abna. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is a proposed name for Nyasia. It's Abnakshish Blekexshol. Ah. Y'all better spell and pronounce that Prapa you heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you. Matt N-Word Christensen is canon now, except for... I love it. I appreciate it, Max. My only dispute is that I, it's got to be hard R. It's, I, I, no, it has no to be a. the hard It's got to be hard R. Uh, Kit, Chris the Trucker ordering a, a Chick-fil-A. The employee says, hi, can I get a name for your order? Matt, last name Gurr, a first name uh, Nick. Employee order <laughs> ready for Nick. Three, two, one. Grr. And there's my time to shine. I can't wait. Boogeyman. <laughs> thank you, Chris. Boogeyman says, dang, that's my local Chick-fil-A. Well, you ha- investigate. Go find the truth for us. Uh, be brave. Do something. Be the Project Veritas guy of this <laughs> Chick-fil-A. Uh, if you learn anything, please send it my way. I bought. Blonde. Uh, I bought PN. Blonde, you should check out the 1974's The Conversation, of which Enemy of the State is a soft sequel. Just doing my part to suggest... Er, uh, erudite AF films. Oh, Thank you. People have yeah. told me to watch that. So maybe I will. Every time I see AF, I think Air Force now, but he just means <laughs> as fuck. Uh, Matt, you can watch too, I guess. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for supporting the show. Semperad Meliora, Iron Rule of the Surveillance State. If you can imagine, uh, if you can imagine them doing it, they were already doing it five years ago. I suppose that's yeah, probably what happened in this case. Bill McPherson says, I always love this movie. Uh, Red Whitey Webb's One Nation Under Blackmail. The Intel Agencies and Mob are married and have been uh since basically the beginning think epstein cia jfk admission etc yeah they're like the same they're same club the same club with different costumes i think or maybe similar costumes back back when the mafia like dressed the part you know that was yeah they they really didn't in this movie but back in the day tortuga says uh sick this passum parabellum if you want peace prepare for uh prepare for war if you want peace prepare for war is the translation uh, interesting. Thank you, Tortuga. Uh, Carl Warrett says, consider the value of today's money and the current debt levels where 
when 1 million seconds equals 11 days, 1 billion seconds equals 31 years, 1 trillion seconds equals 31,000 years. Hmm. So if you think about the, the money in the context of time, you start to get a concept of the scale, I think is what he's getting at. Okay. Thank you for supporting the show as well. Esoterica Unbound. Over a billion, 200, a trillion, 200 billion dollars. Accurate. Last week, Matt responded to a super chat with me, uh, from me with a riff on fatherhood that started to choke me up when I thought about how proud his parents must be. I'm praying for blonde. <laughs> I, you know, uh, I, I like to think my parents are proud, but then we have a Matt and I once made love super chat, I think. I'm sure they're proud. I've done my best. All right. At least I've avoided the fraudulent blowies, okay? That's, that's something. <laughs> yeah, take it to the ground. <laughs> I have conversations with my parents through this show that I would never have... Con- I would never... See, we brought you guys closer. I'm sure they're listening to this right now thinking, he would never say that to us in person. You're right, I wouldn't. Only through the <laughs> distance of this you, microphone. Mom and Dad. Yeah, I would never... No, I, w- I would never say this sort of thing to my parents in person so weird i've never met them i feel like i know so much about them. well maybe someday they're exactly what you'd expect long dong john says uh my black friend named nigel and i once went to a chick-fil-a you wouldn't believe what they wrote in his order please donate to his gofundme yeah <laughs> nigel is dangerous even esoterica unbound nihilism is just self-medication for anxiety over the tragic nature of this world but like booze and weed it simply obscures the problem along with any sense of purpose that makes life worth the trouble here here you know i don't have any sounders that are genuinely celebratory for what i think is very well phrased and that would be one of them i need to fix that i need to have something of genuine praise because that is true it's like uh when you when you surrender to that nihilism or the black pill or the just the the surrender all purpose it's like well yeah, it's kind of like a drug-like escape. You've neglected everything that makes your life worthwhile. You've totally. you've you've wasted the opportunity given to you, even if that opportunity is unfair or has uh, numerous obstacles in its path. But I appreciate the the way that was phrased. Thank you. Let's see. I think uh, I have to refresh, but I think we're yeah. Just one more. Doom Paul says, even if James did everything they say, so what? He's effective. Boo hoo! If he wasted a few thousand BLM scams for millions and just buys mansions with it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I, I obviously I accept the premise that if you are a 501 C three charity, I forget exactly what their tax designation is, but they are a, a, a tax exempt charity, I believe. Um, now in a perfect world, we would all be tax exempt regardless of our charitable status. But I, I agree with the premise that if you're going to accept contributions from supporters, that there's a certain level of transparency and honesty that is owed. You can't accept donations under one premise and then use them for something else. Yeah, um, exactly. But there are, even if that is what James is doing, there are ways to correct that. You can have a conversation with him. You can get him to stop that. And if you think that he's betraying uh, supporters, you can also ask the supporters and say, Hey, we've uncovered this information. We would like mm-hmm. donors to be aware of this. You can contribute to that conversation in ways X, Y, and Z. You can tell us what you think. You can tell us if this bothers you or not. We'll figure it out. It's none of that. Um, right. They say that there are legal complications that they might lose their tax status. I mean, I get, don't get me wrong. I, I don't doubt that the, if the IRS had an opportunity to go after project Veritas, they would seize it. Perhaps they already have. My problem with this, though, is like this public fight invites that mm-hmm. you're going to get the, the IRS is behind that tree like the meme right now, uh, rubbing their hands, thinking, how do we get in on this? And maybe 
to, to Bill's point, maybe that's James' fault for going public in this way. Maybe that's not Veritas's fault. James is the one who sort of blew it up publicly. Maybe that's maybe we should blame him. Yeah. But uh, but I agree. Uh, he's effective. And if you want to remain effective as an organization, you should figure out a way to retain him, even if he has misbehaved. Oh, I uh, I accidentally did the wrong kind of log out of our system. Uh, oh, we're good, I think. Maybe let oh, us. one more. Uh, I got it. Fractal Insight says troubling times gives us a better opportunity to share the good news of the gospel. Uh, Peter 315, be ready always to give answer to every man that seeks you a reason concerning the hope that is in you. Thank you. Uh, reminder, this Saturday is the final the final uh, Bible study session, Saturday at 8 p.m. Information on my website if you'd like to participate in the conclusion of the discussion of John's Gospel. And Bible study season two will be returning this summer. So it's been uh, a good time. we got a good group doing weekly Bible study sessions every Saturday night. And we've been going since June. We've been reading John's Gospel since June. And well, I'm right sure you guys to, have a good grasp on it now. Right about to conclude. So uh, look forward to that. And then we'll think about what we want to do for the next uh, the next round of Bible study. Anyway, uh, let's see. Oh, one more on uh, on Rumble. Scott Adam, uh, Cribble says, Scott Adams has often identified as black. His audience knows uh, 25% of people will agree with anything. Oh, okay. So that's the significant. Uh, okay. Gotcha. Is that true though? Because like Nancy Pelosi doesn't have a twenty five percent approval rating. No, I don't think Congress has a twenty five percent approval rating. No, I I, I agree that I I, I want to pull those twenty five percent and be like, just so we're clear, you think it's not okay to be like this race, and by not okay, you mean what? Like what should happen to them? I would like a, a few follow ups, but who who did the polling on that? Was it Rasmussen or? It was some it was some reputable polling firm. I remember when I looked at it, I was surprised because I thought this was just going to be like some Twitter poll or something. It was a a reputable Legit polling firm poll. that found this uh, this number. Hmm. So anyway, Dangerous Spaces just told me that he found the um, uncensored name on the Chick Fil A. No way. What does he? Uh, what what's the? Does he have the letter? The sequence? I don't know. I asked him. Let me know in the live chat before we close out Dangerous Spaces. All right, what give, is it? Now I have to know. Minutes. But now I, I now I have about? nothing left to talk about. I know. The pressure's on dangerous spaces. Hurry up. Too late. <laughs> He's our We're one quasi employee. I'm going to be the James O'Keefe here. Hurry your bitch ass you up. You pussy. We have, <laughs> yeah. Give me your fucking I'm gonna sandwich. I'm going to eat your sandwich. <laughs> we need to know. There's no way he found it though. And if, well, I guess yeah. if he did, that's why we have him helping us out is because his research skills are unrivaled. Uh, there is one more uh, super chat while we wait. Thank you for all your excellent interviews and shows from Semler. Well, uh, thank you for your support for the show, Semler. Very much appreciated. Oh, he dropped the link. Okay. We love you. Business Insider. Special. Why didn't I find this? Okay. What does it say? It says B-N-I-G-E-R. N-I-G-E-R? Can you send me the link? Uh, can you just Skype that to me so I can put uh, it on the screen? Sure. Oop, just sent that to Robin Riley on it. <laughs> She's going to be like, wow, that's what? really funny. Great <laughs> story. Great. Compelling and rich. Yeah. Let me see. Okay. So NI, where, where is it in the story? Halfway down. <laughs> well, a control search for NIG doesn't work. Is it N dash? No, it's a picture. Oh, it's a picture of it. 
Oh yeah, be nicer. <laughs> well, that's not exactly what I expected. I thought it would be closer to Niasia. But I still I stand by my assessment. There is no way that this is anything but a terrible attempt to spell her name. I'm telling yeah. you. That that uh, is what this is. This but that is an authentic post. That is the lady's name. That is April um, Jackson. She got it and it's posted on Facebook, so it looks to be authentic. Where does the B come from though? Yeah, I don't know what the B signifies. Like, why is it B dash? Is there a reason for that? <laughs> now we know. All right. Uh, thank you for that uh, addition to the show, Dangerous Spaces. I, I'm sorry for the hostile management. Clearly, you were on it, and we. Uh, no, you're not we a pussy. <laughs> and pardon. you're entitled to your sandwiches. All right. Uh, anything else before we're out of here? Nope. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad we stuck around for a little while to to. Find the uh, conclusion to the mystery. Appreciate uh, appreciate everybody's super chats tonight. Appreciate uh, all the jokes you've made at our expense in the chat. Appreciate your contributions to the show in all the ways that you do. And if you're listening later on demand, thank you kindly as well for your support for the show. If you can't get enough, if you need more to listen to, head on over to the audio platforms of the show. Linked in the description and over on the website. That's mattchristiansandmedia.com. Extra material, including the call-in show replays. Some of Blonde's interviews, stuff you won't necessarily find on YouTube. Reminder, if you need more to listen to, live with Razorfish tomorrow uh, at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern time, talking about uh, his view on Lincoln, the American dictator. And we'll play some of that back on Sunday as well on Blonde's channel, by the way. Yep, Speaking of, uh, if it's su- well, we'll be back next Sunday because if it's Sunday. Sorry, Chuck Todd. It's not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great night. Bye bye. <laughs>